Welcome to Down to Herf, the podcast for cigar smokers, whiskey drinkers, and for the people just looking to kick back, light up, and have a good time. I'm your host, Jerry, and I'm joined by, as always, my co-host, Gio and Caleb. Fellas, 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 welcome to episode 96 of the Down to Herf podcast. How are you guys doing today? Caleb, what's up? Dude, I'm not feeling too well still. Got a, I'm down with the sickness, but uh, hopefully getting past this real soon. Ate too many edibles? No, I just got like those Pete Davidson butthole eyes right now because I got a double eye infection. Caleb looks like a drug dealer out of New, New Jersey. Jersey that would be like, hey, bro, I can get you a couple sacks at for your, sure. At your uh, office Christmas party. But not like in like a cool part of Jersey, like Newark or something, like, <laughs> you know... Just over, what's the city that's on the other side of the bridge? Uh, Elizabeth. Uh, yeah. The worst part of New Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> like he hangs out at the third best sports bar. <laughs> uh, yeah, not the second. not For sure not the, the second. The third. But uh, Gio, how you doing, man? Uh, how's life as a new father? Doing well, man. Doing well. Just uh, adapting to being up at the wee hours of the night. Have you been getting into the gym? Yeah, I actually went yesterday. Yeah? Yeah. Did you go today? I didn't go today. It's weird how that just changes all of a sudden, huh? What are you doing with your leftover trend? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know, buddy. I was there until about 7 yesterday. I didn't see you. I was there later than you because I went to the gym and then I went to Jerry's house. I set this up. We had to get ready for this episode. Yeah. Uh, Where were you? Yeah, where were you? Changing diapers? Yes. Like a dad? Then I met you. You, you, <laughs> you, 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 it was a circle. Uh, anyway, um, dude, we have a really exciting episode. We have a awesome bottle of bourbon we're about to get into. Uh, Caleb touches on this later in the episode. This is a post recorded intro. Sorry, guys, it happens. Uh, uh, Caleb, maybe you want to grab that bottle just to, to show the, the damage done to it. Uh, but we did a midwinter's night dram today. How did we do, Caleb? It was a week or two before Christmas, and the midwinter's <laughs> night dram, Act 11, Scene 4, went down pretty well. Uh, did a banging on this bad boy. And, Gio, I won't take your thunder, buddy. Uh, we did smoke an amazing cigar, so what did, what did we smoke today? Well, guys, this ties really nicely, but uh, so today we smoked the extremely limited... Very expensive. Foundation Night Commander. What a sentence that was, huh? Yeah. And the guest that we have, none other than one of the most renowned blenders in the industry, Mr. Foundation himself, Nick Malello. He'll be coming at you in a moment. And, you know, we touch on this cigar a lot in there. Jer, what does a box run? I can tell you, I paid a lot. I didn't pay what I should have, but uh, I think it retails around like four hundred or four fifty. Oh, it was a, something ridiculous for a for a dozen. Let's show that box off a little bit, buddy. Yeah, I mean, fuck it. What's yeah. in this, the box? That's what we're here. That's what we're here for. Well, uh, look at this fantastic presentation, man. Boom, boom, boom! Little dent in that bad boy, sir. Nick himself is coming on the show with us in a little bit, yeah. which is really nice. He smoked it with us, so we got a nice, uh, real nice insight into 
what went into this and the distinct honor that inspired it. What I do want to get into real quick before we jump into that interview that we did, Gio, once again, I know we touch on it again at the end of the episode and maybe even uh, before the end of the episode. Uh, talk about that giveaway that we're doing next week on the 27th. So, guys, post is already up. Uh, what you're going to need to do is make sure you are following us on Instagram because, I mean, obviously, if you're not, you know, doesn't really make sense. You probably don't even know where this fucking post is. Also, you probably don't even know who the fuck we are if you're not following us on Instagram. Yeah, right. Then follow us. <laughs> Pretty easy, guys. Yeah. Step two, comment on the post. Tag two friends. Step three, go to that YouTube app. Type in down to herf. Hit that subscribe button. Take a screenshot and send it to the DMs. If you're already subscribed, send the DM. You are still allowed to enter. This is not a new subscriber-only thing. And that is all you need to do when you are entered. This will be announced on our episode December 27th, next week. I think we should go over the details of it, too, shouldn't we? Yeah. Well, because we are in the season of giving, right? This is this is Christmas time, right, Caleb? When we ho ho ho. <laughs> Sorry, my eyes are messed up. Like I this dude's go, like, like ho ho ho. Yeah, my eyes are. I got this dude looks dude, crazy. I got double eye infection, so yeah, it's called pink eye. Stop eating ass. Oh, I was gonna make a <laughs> way way dirtier joke, but well, I like yours better. It's a little cleaner. What an intro, by the way, guys. <laughs> what an intro. So. This giveaway was originally going to be a one, one-off. one We decided, we like you all so much, we're giving you two things away. First things first, we're giving away a Crown Heads and Down to Herf collab hat with the one, the only, Standing Buffalo wearing a crown. I think you know what it's referencing, but we can't say that. We might get in trouble. I think you said it in the episode. So. Yeah, and I had to correct it. <laughs> It's not the Buffalo Bills, that's it's for sure. It's just a Buffalo hat. It's not the Buffalo Bills. It's just yeah. a Buffalo wearing a crown. Yeah. Queen City. Queen City. Yeah. Yeah. It's a Queen's crown. The Queen City hat. <laughs> <laughs> but the reason... What comes up... Come, what, can you just go over them total? So the crown heads giveaway is going to have that awesome hat that Jerry's rocking right now. Five cigars from crown heads. And a limited one of two down to her holiday t-shirt. So we have not decided what we want to do for the holiday shirt because obviously we have to make this two size. Mm -hmm. So uh, if you do win it, make sure you reach out to us. Tell us the size of the shirt because if not, it's going to be an XL. Yes. Uh, We have not designed it yet, but it, it it will most certainly be here and done. By the date we give this away, it will be here. So nice. We'll know. And that is the crown heads giveaway. But but there's another. The other one is courtesy of our friends over at Dunbarton Tobacco and Trust. The Saka Squatch himself, Steve Saka, is going to get a Saka Squatch statue, a hat, and a five-pack of cigars from Dunbarton Tobacco and Trust. These are some pretty significant giveaways we're doing right. here, G. And also, you will get holiday shirt, DTH, 
Two of two. <laughs> Whoa! Nice. And and I heard there were some stickers that were going to be sent out too. Yes, because of course we give away stickers. Nice. I wish I could get one, but I'm a host of the show and I can't win. Yeah. But I would want this. Yo, nerd! Can you even see right now? <laughs> I can see. I got the I got the I got the goggles on. I can yeah. see. Four eye freak over here. Now we also explain why we uh, are working with these particular companies. We did. We did. We mentioned it, and and it's it's. It's going to come full circle here. I'll let you announce it in a second, but this is these are just an, a couple announcements you're going to hear through the show. Obviously, Nick Melillo came on. We had a great time, but at the end of the show, I mean, you know, I know some of you guys get a little lazy, but Gio will probably touch on that. So, special thanks to John Huber and the Crown Heads family, all you guys, Miguel, Jake. Starting in January, Crown Heads will be an official sponsor of the Down to Herf podcast, as will Steve Saka and Dunbarton Tobacco. Thank you guys as well. Wow. Are going to be sponsoring our favorite segment, Patrol Gone Wild. This is very interesting, man. Mm-hmm. How'd, how'd we pull that off? Daddy Mike. <laughs> <laughs> At least one of them. At least one. <laughs> We, no, this this was a birth of getting drunk with Jake a lot. <laughs> Absolutely. So, and uh, Jake, you're not forgotten here, buddy. Yeah. Uh, you're a big fan of the show. You're a big uh, supporter of the show. You're on the show all the time, and we love having you, buddy. So, Jake's thank like our you. Joey Diaz. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> Crazy Jake and Conspiracy Caleb. No, it's QAnon, <laughs> QAnon, QAnon Caleb, QAnon. dude. But I think from going forward, like once they get into this, you're going to have a new nickname by the end. I'm going to just call you that from... <laughs> hey uh that's gonna know, be your persona bro well with that being said guys, it's like bunny boy like well with that being said guys you're about to watch four cool dudes smoke one hell of a cigar yeah that's so true dude yeah the that's first so way you true. said that it was but the off-record version of that deal why don't you get into uh announcing the guests and we'll right, get right guys. into this interview here we got our boy nick malello interview coming at you giddy up countdown how are we going? Oh, we're How's going. Lighting. Lighting's all right? Yeah, you, yeah, man, you, good, look, you look fine. All right. Cool. All right. We're going to get right into it. Nice. All right, Gio. Introduce, our, uh, introduce the guests, man. All right, guys. We are here today with the one, the only, Nick Malillo from Foundation Cigars, the man, the myth, the legend himself. Nick, how's it going, brother? Great. Great, guys. Thanks for having me. Uh, really appreciate it. I'm glad uh, we got to do this today. I, I know. This was uh, been a crazy day. I bet, man. I know you're a busy guy. You know, we did some time to get this interview here. I'm excited for it here. So, guys, we are actually smoking today, you know, Foundation's big release this year, the Night Commander. So, Nick, this project of yours here, tell us a little bit about it. Man, this is probably one of the most special projects I've worked on. Um, I was honored with receiving from the Ethiopian Crown Council uh, the honor of Knight Commander for the Star of Honor of Ethiopia, which is what you see on the band here. It's it kind of boggles my mind. That's uh, a pretty wild shit there. But um, (laughs) anybody that kind of knows me, I have this interesting fascination with everything having to do with Ethiopia and uh, it, it, it kind of correlates with my love for cigars. So this has been going on. You guys are young. 
this has been going on for uh, at least since you know '96. And uh, three years ago, I uh, one of the members of the Ethiopian Crown Council happened to be in a shop near the White House in D.C. saw our Menelik box and Tabernacle box, and I was invited to a dinner for the Crown Council. Long story short, over COVID. I became friends with uh, Prince Hermias, who is the grandson of the emperor, which is on the tabernacle box. So That's fucking tabernacle cool. box has the last emperor of Ethiopia, Haile Selassie. So his grandson, I've been honored to uh, become friends with and been working on a lot of kind of projects behind the scenes, different charity projects. And um, over the past three years, yeah, he knighted me uh, as part of the uh, Star of Honor of Ethiopia, which goes back. You do to it with like, like the, the sword and everything. The whole deal, man. Yeah, it was wild. <laughs> so you're just like uh, you're you're part of the culture now, man. Yeah, you're one of the knights. I'm an, royalty. I'm an adopted son of Ethiopia. That's what I say uh, to people now, which is which is kind of true. So I wanted to give back. I wanted to do something. I I really don't feel kind of. Uh, worthy of receiving such a such an honor and i wanted to make sure i was able to give back so i did about 700 boxes this has been now aging these cigars have been aging for the past year plus um in nicaragua um we were hoping to come out with them last year but it didn't happen so they've had a lot of extra time in the humidor and we're doing them as an annual release. So every November we'll do about 700 boxes um, and it will come out one time a year for the holiday times. So we're kind of doing that with the Knight Commander and also this uh, Sinecher for High Clare Castle, which is the uh, Egyptian box. So, so we, we reviewed that earlier this year. That was a great awesome. cigar. One of my one of my yeah. favorite smokes of the year. I like the idea behind it too. Uh, didn't it commemorate like Howard Carter finding King Tut? Yeah. So last November was the hundredth anniversary of King Tut's tomb. So they discovered that in November 1922. So uh, Highclere had asked me to to do a project. We had been working on that for most of COVID, and you know, you don't. I don't want to make things kind of kind of gimmicky we want to make sure we're we're true to kind of what we're doing so we really went all in on that box uh, and and the cigar uh for for the sinecture that that's an exact replica of a box found within king tut's tomb we had an egyptologist from yale that worked on the hieroglyphs to make sure that the hieroglyphs were all legit and yeah the great grandfather of Lord Carnarvon, who owns Highclere Castle, is the one who discovered King Tut's tomb with Howard Carter. He's the one who funded Howard Carter, and he was an amateur archaeologist. Actually, within Highclere, the basement of Highclere is an exact replica of the tomb of King Tut, almost exact. Um which is pretty amazing. I kind of find it a little weird. Like, uh, you know, we sent people to like dig up people's graves in other continents and other places. Like, can you imagine if like some people from Egypt came to America and just started digging up yeah. our graves and like, this is George Washington. We found him. It's like, what? What the hell are you doing? It's kind yeah, of fucking weird, right? That, at what point does that become 
all right. Is it like the thousand year mark? Maybe I have um, no idea. Basically, when they don't like that civilization cease to exist, it's okay. That's pretty much it. Well, I guess, uh, well, here it is. You're you're digging up people's graves, which is is kind of wild. Yeah. Well, uh, which is amazing that King Tut's tomb wasn't. There was two attempts to open actually King Tut's tomb, which is interesting in itself. So they actually were able to see where they tried to break the seal, but it was never fully broken. So they must have had people guarding the Valley of the Kings at the time. And they stopped. They you say know, it's cursed, right? From, what's that? They say it's cursed, right? If you're like supposed to break the seal, like there's the curse of King Tut. That's the, you know, in general, it kind of goes <laughs> back to, to Jerry, what you're saying, just, you know, breaking into anybody's grave is kind of a sacrilegious uh, moment. But then there's the the whole King Tut's tomb because uh, Howard Carter, no, I'm sorry, Lord Carnarvon died. There's always been this curse of King Tut's tomb. I believe it. Um, ooh, oh, did we lose it? A little frozen action? I don't know. Oh, he's oh, there. All, all right, right he's, he's back. back. All right. Hands, All right. hands up. See, he got King Tut curse right there. <laughs> uh oh. That was weird timing. Yeah, man. Yeah, the right. Curse, that was the first game. He got nicked shaving. Oh, so yeah. that was the, you know, this is early 1900s. So it was said that he got infected. Um, but then that turned into kind of the curse of King Tut's tomb. So oh, I, I didn't even know about that. I yeah. might be cursed now because I got like this double eye infection and, you know, I'm wearing these glasses. I got the funky shirt. I look like a scumbag cousin from New Jersey trying to sell you weed at that Christmas party. <laughs> so I might dude, be cursed too. I mean, that shirt is killer, man. That's a <laughs> I like the shirt. glasses too. You really do look like some dude that would try and ask me if I wanted weed. <laughs> Where do you guys live? We're Where in Buffalo, New York. Oh, snap. You're way up there, huh? Way up there. You're like six hours away. Actually, oh, Buffalo's not. I always think of Buffalo being being way up uh, for some reason. Oh, Western, Western New York, New York man. Western. Yeah, that's not that bad. Yeah, We're closer to Pennsylvania. Bad. It's nice up there. So yeah. I, 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 I'm in like Long Island and stuff all the time. I, I would imagine Connecticut can't be too much farther. No, not that bad. You got to take the ferry and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. So, no. are you in Connecticut right now? Um, yeah. So he said he was at the office. At the yeah. office. Okay. He's so. at the office. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Our Pay attention. Stop smoking the weed. Farm. Hey, I want I want yeah. all our viewers to know that Nick's at at the offices on the farm. They got to know. Yeah, that. Yeah, we're right here. <laughs> we're right here in in the mix of it. So, Nick, yeah, while we're talking about pretty, the cigar, yeah, sure. What's the blend? Is this just the regular Tabernacle blend? It's based off of the Tabernacle blend. So when I blended Tabernacle, there was seven blends, uh, you know, base blends. All of, probably all of it except one were kind of in the running to make it into the box. Um, so one of those became the actual core line Tabernacle. And then this is based off of that one of those seven blends. Um, for the original. And then the difference is, is that they've now been aging, you know, for over 20 months now. So, um, man, yeah. That tabernacle line, oh. like the, the Toro and the Robusto, man, that, that Havana of 142, dude, that is such yeah. a great cigar. 
gotta be one. Got to be one of my favorite favorites in your lineup. We don't have a lot of foundation shops here in Buffalo. We have like one, and they get everything. So I mean, I I make sure you know I try and stay stocked up on that as like an everyday smoke. We got to change that. That you know, you guys are kind of out of that kind of New York, Long Island, and then the Northeast kind of range. So it's like this kind of difficult zone that and getting up to you know upstate new york and well trust me we'd be buying it what actually put me on like the first time i had a foundation was uh you guys did that collab with united on the wiseman firecracker Mm -hmm. Uh, i bought a couple boxes of those things those are great work smokes (laughs) i'd love to get some recommendations from you guys from stores in the area that you think we should be in sure i could definitely do that i'd love to have um some of my guys kind of focus on the air. We've actually had a halt on opening up new accounts for like uh, the past four months. Um, but I'm always kind of looking at the areas that were underrepresented to focus on. Well, Eduardo gets up here once in a while, but uh, I think he only deals with one shop right now. So, yeah, you know, he's the manager of our reps. Yeah. So, you know, because there's not, you know, uh, many people in that area, we try to get them in there. So at least, you know, there's some visiting happening, but um, I'd love to get kind of my guys in the office in contact directly with some new shops in that area. Well, we can definitely shoot you an email with a few that would fit your guy's style. We got you. Nice. Giovanni. Hey, you know, that's how it goes. He's like fucking uh, Tommy DeVito. Tommy Cutlets. Tommy Cutlets. What's your last name, Giovanni? Massimi. Massimi. Yes. Okay. Okay. Very, very Italian name. Or it sounds Irish. And ironically, I'm half Italian and half Puerto Rican, so we got a mix. Really? Yep. But you, but you kept the uh, the Italian. Massimi is uh, Italian, Italian, right? Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nice. I couldn't yeah. tell by the Giovanni. <laughs> Everybody's Giovanni. so confused by Gio's heritage. No yes. one no one really knows. You know, it's it's a mixed bag. It's all right. Yeah. I feel like when you throw out the PR card, everyone's like, What? Really? Yeah. Well, bro, see if well, I the names the names straight up Italian. So. Oh yeah. yeah One hundred. See if I shaved this though and just rocked the mustache, everyone would think I'm Hispanic as fuck. Oh yeah. <laughs> you gotta get like the Hispanic? best chin strap uh beard. A, you know, Nick, we we had some fun with you at PCA. Obviously, you know your boy Johnny Pappas beat my boy in arm wrestling here. But oh you know, my God, I forgot all about that, bro. I had to have Giovanni fucking get me my T-shirt, man. Yeah, you should have wore it today. Yeah, yeah, that was funny, man. <laughs> oh, dude, yeah. we, we got the video of it still. <laughs> Do you? You yeah. got to send that to me. I will I'd love to see that. <laughs> I'm only gonna send the one where I don't lose. I'm gonna send the one where Gio wins. I got to throw yeah. it out there. A little controversial here, all right? I feel like John kind of cheated a little bit. He kind of like hangs <laughs> and, and, he, and, he, and he uses all of his body weight. Those are not legitimate rules. So I'm going to have you know I've been training arm wrestling for March. So make sure John's there. You know, I'm going to make, we should make this an event. I agree. Yeah. I mean, we'll do Cigar Hustler versus Foundation. Ooh. Ooh. This sounds sexy. Oh, gosh. Shirtless <laughs> and, and oiled <laughs> up. <laughs> Did Mike? Oh, did Mike wrestle? <laughs> no, no. Mike. Okay. It was a, so it he was, sent his goons to do it. <laughs> okay. Yeah, 
You're, this is when yeah. you were struggling. You had the gout going on, man. Oh, oh God. It's brutal, man. Look at his face. It just dropped. He just brought back <laughs> horrible, horrible memories. Well, listen, you know, he's bringing yeah. up Mike. Mike was saying some weird shit. Like, he was going to, he used to fuck guys like Johnny Pappas in prison. Like, it got odd. <laughs> it got a little strange, yeah. Yeah. That was, uh, it was funny. That was a tough show, man. It stress was fun. really, uh, unfortunately, stress triggers those, those, attack sometimes well i'm sure it didn't help you guys were also debuting four cigars yeah i mean just yeah. man, the new just charter oaks into... matapa yeah uh night yeah. commander yeah we, we also smoked I that mean, matapa it was good as well too nice yeah. yeah and it's kind of the worst place to smoke cigars vegas um especially just the humidity levels are way too crazy man you're like a 10 percent humidity yeah. is just terrible i'm not but. gonna lie this, this i don't enjoy vegas for like anything other than going to like a ufc fight that's that's pretty much it other than that everything's really expensive and you gotta have dana white money to have fun yeah 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 and i can't i always get sick because it's so dry there's so much smoke in one place i was there in uh November for the big smoke and I it's just automatic I get sick. You get the bloody right noses and back. shit. Um not that bad. It's just because it's so dry and then there's just so much smoke, your body just starts kind of building up defenses. Um where we were at to, you know, not not many venues want all these cigar smokers. So sometimes these venues it's tough to find an adequate venue with the adequate kind of ventilation i mean the show the pca is good because it's so big yeah but, but we're getting kicked out this is it man march that's it march i yeah what what is it in new orleans new orleans i heard yeah. yeah that's it's gonna be interesting this new orleans is not bad it's just i've never not, been never i heard it's fun it. it's fun it's just you don't have everything kind of close and attached and um there is nothing close yeah. in Vegas. You could look at the next building and be like, oh, it's right there. And then you get outside and you're like, holy yeah. fuck, that's like a mile. <laughs> what the no, fuck? No, I always stay, you know, kind of at the Venetian because just convenience. And yeah. yeah, it's even it's I I couldn't even make it back to my room when, when I was struggling. Yeah. But um, well, that yeah, was... this year it's the convention centers. It's all right. But whatever you do, do not stay at the Westgate in New Orleans. <laughs> No, no, in uh, Vegas this year. Okay. No, we we, we go yeah. we do the Venetian or the Palazzo. Wherever we stayed, we were in the Venetian side, which was like a mile yeah, away. Yeah, that was a mile walk to the Palazzo. We I was like, like holy shit, man, this is far. Yeah. This is brutal. It's, How it, it's brutal. They've done it in New Orleans in the past. Have you have you been there in New Orleans when they do it there? Yeah, yeah, and my first Is it all right? Uh, yeah, I mean my first show was uh Oh, five New Orleans, two weeks before K- Katrina. Oh, Ooh, man. wow. Good timing, I guess. Long. Damn. That was that was probably one of the greatest shows I've been to. That was like pre-Katrina. I mean, just the, the night. It was a whole different scene down there pre-Katrina. And um, we did a big party at the time at the House of Blues. It was a co-op party with Rocky. Oh, through wow. a state party and it was it was probably one of the best parties i've been to the line was 
started kind of outside of the House of Blues, and then everybody thought that it was open to the public. So people just were in line, <laughs> and they were just counting. The, we, we paid for the party based on how many people entered, and they were just letting everybody oh, in. No. The, the line was around the block. So it was, you know, they had a, there was a great band that night and it was wall to wall. It was unbelievable, but oh, right. you didn't want to see the price of that party at the end yeah. of the, no, Ra- the, end of the I can't night. even imagine. Rocky and Drew Estate's expense account wasn't happy there. <laughs> no, man, there was some, there was some, uh, kind of battles going on about the bill because they were just clicking everybody through. Um, and it was just supposed to be for industry people. That's wild. And it was crazy. See, I feel like but I'm kind of excited for the uh, New Orleans. I launched, actually, in 2015, Foundation at New Orleans. So oh. that was the last time I was there. I, I feel like launched the idea Wednesday of there. being able to just leave that area. I mean, you can get like an Airbnb somewhere if you really want. You yeah. don't have to stay at a hotel mm-hmm. if you don't want. You just Uber. I mean, it's probably mm-hmm. not as hectic as, you know, Vegas. Vegas is hectic, yeah. man. That's a wild city. It's I'm tough. Not, if it wasn't for the cigar show, yeah, I'd never go. Maybe for, <laughs> like Giovanni was saying, for a UFC fight. But well, you know, other than that, you'll be sitting behind Rogan. <laughs> so speaking yeah, that, of speaking, that would be awesome. Speaking of Rogan, Nick, yes, sir. We gotta yes. just we gotta just talk about the elephant in the room. How did Please. how did Joe Rogan get in contact with you, or how did that connection happen where you ended up making cigars for him that he shows off on the podcast and they look incredible? Mm-hmm. It's the million dollar question. <laughs> oh, there it is. Yeah, it's the uh, million dollar question. It, it, it happened surprisingly very organically and so called uh, randomly. Um, yeah, I've been listening to Joe for a long time. Um, I want to say like 2012, you know, that, that area. He had a number of different authors on that I really. Uh, that's where I was really kind of introduced to him besides fear factor. Yep. Um, and like many, I, I think, you know, I tried hitting him up over the years uh, before <laughs> I even started foundation and um, a good friend of mine who is in LA kind of in the business kind of knew somebody that knew somebody mm. and we were kind of going through there. My buddy saw how much I loved Rogan. He's a big cigar guy. He's like, get me two boxes. I'll get, I'm going to get Joe these boxes. And I'm like, dude, you know, how are you going to do that? It's, I don't know. I'll figure it out. Uh, you know, somehow <laughs> we'll make it happen. So we did a couple of hand painted, uh, wise man Maduro boxes. And then it just wasn't happening. Like months were going by. My buddy was getting kind of pissed off. Like I, my guy's not coming through. I can't, I said, man, don't force it. It's all good. Joe ends up moving to Texas uh, summer of 2020. And I was like, dude, whatever you do, don't get, try to get it to him now. Like the last thing you want when you're moving is another box. And I had like put together, you know, a nice little care package for him with some ashtrays and stuff. So then we just randomly ended up meeting one of Joe's friends who happened to be traveling to visit him the first weekend he had moved to Texas and he was a fellow cigar smoker. So it was like perfect, perfect time. This was after like months of trying to, (laughs) to make it happen. And then 
this gentleman hand delivered the box to Joe at his house. Oh, wow. um, that was like September 2020. And then I didn't hear anything for like two months because I didn't I didn't want to be be that guy like get him, you know, like what happened? How are the cigars? I, I, I like to play that route. <laughs> yeah. And then I was just watching, you know, usually I have the podcast on behind me as I'm like working on spreadsheets or stuff like that. And this is like two months after that. So like October, November, I end up looking at the podcast and I see the corner of our ashtray. And I was like, <laughs> they were behind water bottles. I'm like, holy shit. That's us. That's us that's right there. Our, you see that's that? That's our ashtray. It's, it's like the, uh, the Leonardo DiCaprio meme where he's pointing. <laughs> Exactly. So then I went back and I was like, when did this ashtray appear? And I went back to September 11th, 2020. That was the first time the ashtray appears. <clears throat> September 11th, 2020. Was that episode 1000? I don't know. That's a good question. It I was going to say, because I, I, I watch a lot of Joe Rogan and I, I know some of those big dates he has on like, I think the 9-11, he probably had Alex Jones or somebody on, or it was like episode 1,000 with like Joey Diaz and somebody. I'm trying to remember. I got to check yeah. that. That's a good uh, That's a good question. I've, I have it somewhere. I, I'll um, probably just look it up right now. It was there for when Kanye was there. I mean, it was there for all. I mean, in the, it's st- still there. He's actually got two of them now on the, uh, the, his, in the studio. So they've been there since September 11, 2020. And then he had a special election day uh, podcast in November. And that was the first time he brought one of the hand painted boxes out. And he started smoking them on air. And what then a moment. he ended up, yeah, it was unbelievable. I was like, holy shit. Oh, that's, what was going through your head while, while you were watching it? And you were like, you had to be like, it was mind awesome blown. because I totally kind of let go of it happening. You know, it's Isn't like that how a lot of things are, though. It is, man. That's the formula. Yeah. It's almost like when you, you know, lose something or forget something or can't remember something. The more you try, the farther away you mm-hmm. get from remembering it or remember. It. And then once you let go of it, it, it just appears happens, or man. it happens. And so I, I had kind of, yeah, just totally like let go of it being like a possibility. Wow. And then. Yeah, when it happens, it's just a huge honor because for me, it's more of like I, I love listening to Joe so much and I respect him so much that, you know, of course, it's good marketing. But for me, it was like more of a personal thing that, you know, just the fact that he's smoking cigars and then also just exposing people to smoking cigars, which I think is really important for our industry in general, because, you know, we really don't grow that much as an industry. Um so what are your thoughts so, on like an Espinosa then? Like uh, using like Guy Fieri, you know, obviously doing the knuckle sandwich line. You, I feel like that's really good for the industry. I do too, man. I think it's, um, I think it's good, especially when they tap into the fan base of whoever they're working with, right? <laughs> I think that's what's crucial is to tap into these new cigar smokers um and bring people in i mean how else are we getting people into our industry right i mean side note on that exact exact uh statement yeah do you think the nfl has more taylor swift listeners now or do you think taylor swift you you know what i mean like yeah it has more football fans like what what is it 
Is she? Is she? Who's using it? who there? I don't know about that. Is it Taylor Swift? Taylor Swift. And is she bringing I a would, female audience to the NFL? Yeah. I would imagine she's bringing somebody. Why is Taylor Swift like singing a lot at the oh, Super Bowl? No, she's, no, she's dating fucking Travis Kelsey, and they show her uh, every fucking chance they get. It's so fucking uh, annoying. So that was my yeah. question to you. I didn't know how up to date you were with the NFL, but I mean, Jesus Christ, no. you can't even watch a fucking Chiefs game without seeing her forty eight times. Yeah, take a I'm shot. Not, I haven't been into following kind of. I'm just so constantly crazy, um, you know, traveling between work. So I haven't been been up on my sports games as much. Uh, All right. So and I was big in basketball and. Bears was my team growing up. Oh, I'm Bears. sorry right now. <laughs> that the Bears are so bad, they're talking about leaving Soldier. That's so dangerous in fucking Chicago. Maybe they, should, yeah. <laughs> you know, my aunt, my aunt moved to um, Chicago when I was really young. It was like eighty eighty five. Oh, the eighty five oh. Bears. So I was always Good year to uh, there. <laughs> she brought me one of the first Air Jordan T shirts when it was just like the basketball with the wings, like the gray and red. So I was always kind of uh, a Bulls fan and uh, a Bears fan kind of early on. Of course, the Bears won Super Bowl 85. So I have a totally a good year. weird uh, sports question for you. Uh, maybe not a lot of people know this. Maybe some people do know this, but uh, your, your alma mater won the NCAA tournament last year. Did you follow that at Quinnipiac? You guys yeah. won the national yeah. championship in the Frozen Four. Yeah, yeah their, hockey, their hockey program has been amazing there's a lot of big hockey hockey players in connecticut you know i i kind of grew up really early on playing hockey too um because we had a pond behind the house and it would freeze over and we play but quinnipiac's done a really good job at developing that they've come a long way over the past 20 years i mean d1 you know that school has pumped big money into all their programs. And you know what, man? I mean, it was very exciting. I remember watching it and pulling for Quinnipiac because I was like, who, what the, who the hell is that Quinnipiac? Crazy, that right? overtime goal was, yeah. that was fucking sick. Everyone knows yeah. them for putting out uh, political polls, and that's about it. Quinnipiac polls. Yeah, right. they're all over the place for the polls, right? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That's what they're known for. But yeah. aside from that, yeah, I mean, Quinnipiac pretty cool. is actually the same meaning as the w- Connecticut. They're actually the same. Co- Connecticut was spelled with a Q U. Quinnetticut was actually is actually oh. the original spelling. Oh, they so should have that. They both kind of mean the same thing, which is along the tidal river, like the tr- tidal river, because there's, uh, yeah. You did. And ma- that's what makes you, the tobacco great here. Yeah, you, you, you got majored it. in history, right? So there's no. Sub- no, I majored in international business, actually. In, okay. And, uh, okay. Sociology. Okay. And yeah. Then history was like something. Yeah, I was probably learning more about history and things outside of school than I was inside of school. So I did a little reading and stuff on you, man. You're quite the world traveler. Indeed. Like, dude, you've been everywhere. He's lived everywhere. (laughs) Dude, he worked at the fucking Vatican. You got to talk about that because that's amazing. (laughs) How the hell does that even come up, man? How does that international business and you end up working at the Vatican? Yeah, I just got to. I feel like that's a really. That's fucking. It Who the fuck can say that? <laughs> okay. I, I mean, I've never even been to Rome. I so, just got I mean, an internship with the Pope. You know, no big deal. <laughs> Listen, I was fortunate that my father early on, um, he was he was tough. He forced me to take Latin in high school, which was a huge battle. But, you know, in Latin class, we ended up having half the class was about history and culture 
of uh, a, you know, a, a Pompeian family at the time. And he ended up taking us to Italy on a family trip when I was like a sophomore in high school. And I got to go to Pompeii. So making that connection from being in class and then seeing it in real time and then being outside of the United States for the first time, realizing that there was this whole, I used to think the United States was the whole world when I was young, you know, I'd see the weather map and I'd see the United, I was like, Oh, this is, this is what the world is. I still feel that way. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it is, right? It's, it is. Especially, USA. especially to us. You? But you know, Connecticut, you like, when you're, when you're younger, you're like, I gotta get the hell out of here, man. Like, you know, Connecticut, it's, it's, it's a little tough when you're, you know, you're growing up in the sense, like we got good basketball, we got good pizza and we got tobacco. That's like the three highlights. But as a, as a young man, you're I'm like, I got to get out of here. Oh. So my whole plan going into college, I was fortunate. My mother worked at Quinnipiac. So I got a great deal mm. on tuition. Mm. And then I started working a cigar shop when I started a week before I started Quinnipiac. I started working a Calabash shop in Hampton. So I was 18. So I just saved my money, man, because I was like, when I graduate, I'm out, I'm out of here. I just want to travel. That's all I knew. That's why I took international business. Yeah. Because I'm like, oh, international. I want to travel. Like it's just something that's been in in me as an uh, in a as a young man, and you know, wanted to just get out of Connecticut. So I did that, man. So I graduated. And through some family connections, that was the year 2000. There was um, called the Jubilee in Rome. So there was thousands of pilgrimage uh, pilgrims coming from all over the world to Rome that year. So I started uh, working with volunteering. And then I ended up getting a job working with a um, company that was helping for World Youth Day that year, which was it was actually millions of people from all over the world that were coming um, to Rome. So that was a Vatican organization, you know, that I worked for. So I was helping pilgrims all over Rome. I was helping for World Youth Day. And then I was helping uh, in something called a Mensa, which is kind of like a soup kitchen. We would feed 500 people every other night, but it was also trying to get people on their feet, like get jobs and kind of integrate into society. Um, so that was like the beginning. And I backpacked around Europe. Also, you know, I got the whole Euro rail pass. I followed okay. Suggy Marley and the melody makers around Europe. When we were watching the movie Euro trip, he was Nick living. was living it. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> Such a great movie. Funny, An absolute That's classic. Funny. He had the guy on the train going, Muscuzi, Muscuzi. Muscuzi. So, <laughs> so clearly you draw a lot of influence from your cigar making from your travel times because you just said following Bob Marley and you got the cigar, the upsetters too. So it's got the like the Jamaican flag and everything on there. Yeah. So you yeah. draw so much influence from your travels. It's it's amazing. You're in Africa, you're in Europe, you're South America, everywhere. You're Mr. Yeah. You're Mr. Worldwide. Yeah. I mean, it's now I'm tired, man. I'll tell you. <laughs> I tell get you. it, man. It's now, a, it's a grind. Little elf. Now I'm <laughs> hey, <laughs> like Caleb's name yeah. on here, right? The little elf. Yeah. yeah. The little elf. Um, <laughs> I'm saying yeah, Now it's 
now now I'm starting to wind down a bit because I just it's uh, it definitely gets a little more difficult as you get older um, and just wanting to be you know in your bed you know in your home and I feel that the, those kind of comforts but yeah early on you know I traveled you know to Europe that time then I came back to kind of work on my master's degree and I was like oh man I can't I can't sit in the classroom. So I ended up getting a job in Italy again for an Italian Renaissance art history tour, which was for high school kids from the States. So a friend of mine from Dartmouth started this program. Okay. She needed a chaperone. So I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll do that. <laughs> this is easy. All right, I'm in. <laughs> you, kids want, um, you kids want wine? And it was challenging, man. It was challenging. These kids were like the most spoiled kids I've ever I seen. I can't even in imagine. My life. I can't I was gonna imagine. imagine. They, Nick, I was going to ask, were, like, yeah, really quickly, when you're talking about high school and taking Latin on it, did you like? So the only reason I know I'm familiar with that is like, did you go to like a Catholic or a Jesuit school? Because I went to a Jesuit high school, no. so that's where I got all the Latin and all the fellowships and all that. So it sounded familiar. That's why I wasn't sure. No, oh. no, it was a public school. Oh, but wow, my father, there was a big push from my father's side of family, his mother's side. They were all lawyers. So oh, there was man. like this early push of Nick's, you know, Nick's going to be a lawyer. And wouldn't that be great if Nick's a lawyer? And <laughs> my father said, well, if you're going to be a lawyer, you know, meanwhile, I never said I wanted to be a lawyer, but, uh, you know, they, they said Latin, you got to have Latin, you know? Well, I, I, it worked out. <laughs> so listen, I enjoyed it, um, very much. So but, in, in your world travels, you, I mean, from my understanding, you you kind of came up with the name Foundation because of a mm-hmm. pipe maker, right? A pipe shop you right. sang out with in Rome, right? And that's kind of yeah, cool, man. Rome. Yeah. What? Yeah, what, I guess. What was his name? Guess, Massimo Musica. I I, I mean, Massimo Musico. Musico. Massimo Musico. Is he still around? Yeah, he is. And Massimo wow. is like one of the most passionate craftsmen I know in the pipe or cigar industry. He's in, does he do Meerschaum or Briar or both? He's strictly Briar Mm -hmm. and he strictly has been for the Italian and European market. You know, it's small, limited kind of number uh, of pipes. So he hasn't done a lot of exporting to the States because he hasn't really needed to. He's never been one for, you know, the volume game. Um, I think smoke and pipes is, is really the only place that, that you can find his pipes, uh, besides being in Rome. He's now outside of Torino in the North. Um, him and his family moved there, I think during COVID cause Rome got kind of crazy. And, uh, we became really good friends early on that first trip to Rome. You know, he was right by the Trevi fountain and I walked into that shop and there was no name on the shop. But it's this beautiful shop. Literally, if you're looking at the Trevi Fountain, two doors behind you is the shop, Becker Musico. And I was wearing a, a, actually a shirt similar to the image that's on the Tabernacle box. And he came out from the back and saw the shirt and was like, oh, Rasta man, how you doing? Like we instantly <laughs> had, a, had a rapport and he was big into kind of the reggae reggae music and this was like a really elegant high-end pipe shop and you know steins and you know canes and very elegant and um we connected there and because i sold becker musico pipes 
this was like the last year they exported to the States was like 99. So I was like, he's like, so what, what pipes do you sell? I was like, man, I, I just got here. I, I worked at a cigar shop, pipe shop. Um, you know, I'm a big pipe smoker too. And he said, well, what pipes do you sell? What pipes do you smoke? I said, Peterson, Savinelli, you know, Dunhill, Becker, Musico. And he said, wait, I am Massimo Musico. <laughs> what? I was totally caught off guard. And he said, you're in Becker and Musico right now. And that was the beginning of a relationship that still exists. Yeah. That's awesome. So when you asked him yeah. about using foundation as a name, right? Because like yeah. he, he was like really, he was happy about that. Right. He was all oh, for it. Yeah. That's oh, cool, yeah. man. That's a cool yeah. story. Yeah. I was registering names, you know, in our industry, trademarking is crazy. You ain't kidding. Um, and the <laughs> last thing you want to do <laughs> is start something and have an issue with, you know, especially when you're starting off. Those cease and so, desist letters come in quick, man. <laughs> holy cow. Yeah, I, it's delicate, man. Um, I think of, you like know, that. hence I, I named my first project well, Wednesday because I knew nobody was going <laughs> to oh, have a problem with that one. That was one of my questions I was going to ask. Put it to yeah. rest. How do we say it? Way? Like which way, way are Wednesday? You way Wednesday. Yeah. All right. Way Wednesday. Right. So it's really a W. The GU is like a W. Nice. Yeah. It's not even Spanish. It's it's indigenous to Nicaragua. So it's it's called Nahuatl is the indigenous language. So that was your first Nicaragua. line, right? That was my first brand. Yeah, we launched that in PCA in July 2015. That was um yeah, that was my hot you know, when you're in Nicaragua, you see that imagery everywhere, literally. And you know, it doesn't matter what side of the political spectrum you're on, what religious affiliation you're on, every Nicaraguan identifies with the Wawense. It's it's distinctly Nicaraguan. Um, yeah. And I was like, this is, you know, at the time, nobody knew who I was, guys. You know, uh, like, I, 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 I get it. And now, now you're considered knew, a master blender. <laughs> for I guess so. Yeah, yeah. that term is uh, thrown, <laughs> thrown around very easily. Nick, there's industry. nobody in this industry that doesn't know who you are. How you does know, that feel? People. Rising to the top. I mean, you worked, you, you, you started in a little shop in 96, right? You, you end up doing traveling. You you end up getting a email from uh, Jonathan Drew to work for him. Uh, yeah. You you go through Drew Estate for several years. You decide, all right, it's well, time yes. to to do yeah. to do my own thing in 2015. Like you've done it all, man. It's it's impressive. It really is impressive. And you you have a lot of respect from you know us on the media side and the Thanks, consumer yeah. side as well. Uh, and but also the respect of all these other master blenders and owners and you know uh, generational to tobacconists and and you know these major families. There's nobody that doesn't know who you are, dude. And it's pretty impressive, man. That was a big honor in November being at the Big Smoke. I was on a panel for Connecticut with Ernesto Perez Carrillo, um, yeah, and you know I've been a big fan of. Uh, La Gloria Cubana since he was making those in Miami. Uh, Rafael Nodal was on it. But then just to come off that panel and, you know, Rocky was in the crowd, Patron, you know, uh, La, uh, uh, LFD was in the crowd, you know, Gomez. And to have those guys say, wow, that was awesome. 
you know, I really enjoyed the panel. Yeah. And just to see kind of everybody that kind of hit me this time around. I don't think about it too much because I'm always like, you know, I got the, you know, uh, you know, when I get say awards or thing it, in my mind and how my mind works, it automatically triggers a, Oh, I got to do better. I got to, I got to keep going. How do I stay now here? I correct. Or get and better. Yeah. How do I maintain correct. this? Well, we just had, yeah. we just had on Max from Rocky Patel and he talked about your speech at like the big smoke and all about Connecticut. And he was just like, cause we did the white label and he, all he, we had to talk about the Connecticut shade and he's like, your speech was like amazing. And the knowledge, awesome, well, you're, man. you're right there. So you, you're like the king of Connecticut, right? It, you listen, it's just, you know, what I have more time, you know, I've focused my time on over the years. And that's what I always say to guys. It's, you know, what you spend your time on is what you, you know, more, right. Um, you know, I don't claim to be a farmer because that's not where I spend the majority of my time. Um, so Connecticut has been, you know, my field, we have our office, you know, I chose to set up here in the Connecticut river Valley. It would have been much easier to be in Florida from a tax perspective, from a kind of logistics perspective also. So, you know, it was great to kind of share that information because a lot of these guys, you know, just are not exposed to it as I've been exposed to it. And I've done so much research, you know, since I was 18 on Connecticut. I mean, coming again, coming from Connecticut and cigar tobacco was the coolest thing as an 18 year old, like to claim, all right, I'm from Connecticut. You know, we got some of the best cigar tobacco in the world. Well, I'll tell that you one thing. I'll pride. tell you one thing about Buffalo, Nick. We have the best chicken wings in the world. <laughs> you know, I've heard that. I've heard that. I think I've had some of them up there. Yeah, That's you, something to be proud of. I'm yeah. a big chicken wing fan. Yeah. Well, you do for a trip back up here. You know, that'd be awesome. I love. I, I think I love chicken wings too much. Well, listen. Uh, I I I know a certain you know person here. That has some hookup with some of the best wings in the city, so I think we can oh, make that happen. Sick. You know, yeah, it's the Italian yeah. side of Gio's crime family. <laughs> it might be the mafia side <laughs> of things. <laughs> you, guys, you guys must have a whole different level of uh, standards of of chicken wings too up there. You know, yeah. we've gotten into it with Mike about chicken wings, right? Yeah, okay. uh, he says that the wings here suck, and I, I respectfully Dude. disagree. He went to the wrong. He's room. out of his goddamn fucking mind, to be frank. He didn't go to the right places. Dude, look at this guy. I mean, just consider the source. Come on. He's totally out of his mind. I, I just you're out of your fucking mind, dude. Yeah. I gotta say this it. is to be frank. This is a this is a guy that calls me like just out of the blue on the podcast. It's you know, like, like Zoom meetings and he's like, Oh, you don't pick up the phone? Like I'm like, dude, do you have any idea what's going on on a daily basis over here? He, he's yeah. he's a nut. Love him, but he's a nut. <laughs> yeah, no, he's a good nut. He's a good nut. I've known him for too long now. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, um, well, yeah, man. It sounds like you need to come to Buffalo, have some wings, and we'll have you try them on the show while we smoke some foundation and find some shops. I haven't done the Buffalo tour in a while because early on I was traveling up that way a bunch, and then we go to Niagara Falls, you know. Um, we we call it the, the wing border. trail. I like it. I'd love to do that. That would be that would be cool. I think a cool. That would trip be a would good be, event too. 
Yeah. Oh, no doubt. Maybe like a little a wing collab. Cigar wing cigars. I think a cool trip would be like to check out your offices over there because you got the whole farm, the 300 acres, just to see how Connecticut broadleaf is growing and how important it is to the industry because that's all people are talking about nowadays, it seems like. I mean, it's hard to get. On it. We're working on it, Elf Man. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, we're, that's also, my we're, absolute um, favorite thing that's been said so far. <laughs> Elf Man. We're, we're trying to, um, you know, we're just so busy trying to catch up constantly. You know, we're trying to build the infrastructure to then be able to have, uh, we'll probably start like kind of a soft launch next uh, growing season to kind of start bringing some shops over and uh, we'll talk. We'll see what we can do. Um, You know, there's this window of kind of where you want to come to so you can see, you know, tobacco in the fields, tobacco in the, the, the seed beds, it being harvested in the curing barns. Um, so it's kind of like late July, August, early September is always the best time because you get that fall change coming. As much and, as much as I pr- appreciate Nicaraguan tobacco, how nice would it be to not have to go to Nicaragua <laughs> to see the fields? <laughs> yeah. Just drive six hours, and and well, then I can see them nice that way. About it, man. Yeah. I that's love what's that. Nice about it. I yeah. love that. Yeah, it that almost is feels so... like you are in Nicaragua when oh. you're here. Oh, that's perfect. Perfect. Yeah. You guys get sunshine in Connecticut, or is it like Buffalo? Are you guys in the winter season right now? <laughs> yeah, it's it's cold. Like you got, I mean, I'm sure you guys are getting snow. Did you get snow this past weekend? We got snow. We got a little bit. A lot? Not a lot. A no, bit? but you know Buffalo. I mean, we could get yeah. seven feet in one night. Yeah, it's fucked crazy. up. Lake well, effect you, you is no joke. Lake effect. Yeah, man. No, no joke, man. You know, <laughs> dude. I love that lake effect. We don't get the lake effect. You Only know. northeast people snow. know about lake effect. I love snow. Everybody gets pissed at me because I love snow. I like snow I mean, too, but not seven feet in one night. I hate no, it. No, people die. Feet, people die in seven feet of snow. Yeah, I don't think I've ever seen seven feet. Like this isn't that beautiful. Uh, wow, look at these beautiful flakes. This let's is go such skiing. a let's go skiing. This is like if you go outside, you might die. Yeah, it, it becomes yeah. a recovery mission it's like for an me and Geo. <laughs> it's a constant avalanche. It's, it's terrible. Yeah. Terrible. Yeah. Well, the good news is. Me and Jerry got some PL, so I think a September uh, visit might be in order, and city can take some time off. <laughs> Dude, that would be a really cool trip, man. I would love to do that if it works for your schedule. Yeah, you would love it. Cause I'd love to come. It's is unique. it up or down? I don't know. Connecticut, is it up or is oh, it just like, sideways? It's like straight south, sideways. Uh, east, southeast. <laughs> southeast. Yeah, it's an interesting place, man. It's an interesting, historic, really important area to our industry and that's why i really wanted to you know be sure that foundation it's an integral part of of what foundation's about because you know over the years we've lost a lot of land to you know different industries and whatnot but we're kind of in this mini kind of renaissance uh time for i think connecticut tobaccos and and people kind of rediscovering them or learning more about them and you know, well, it's crazy because people like talk about how they like these manufacturers talk about how they can't get it. Some are reformulating blends. Like when we had Skip Martin on, he told us how he's like, yeah, I had to reformulate it because I can't get enough Connecticut broadleaf to make for. Uh, yeah. Think- so unfortunately, we've been plagued with weather issues for the past five years. I mean, and this year wasn't any better, unfortunately, too much rain. So I was just reviewing crops this morning and. 
yeah, man, it's all about yield, right? And there's just not enough tobacco. I mean, Tabernacle is a growing brand for us and the supply is is limited because I only have a certain amount of leaf to make a certain amount of cigars every year. And then we're planning, you know, two years out, you know, this crop is going to be used two years from now. So it's a delicate balance of being able to plan what you need to make sure you don't run out of it. You know, two years ago, we were out of uh, Tabernacle 142 for four months because the tobacco and fermentation wasn't ready. It's one of my favorite cigars. Yeah. And that was, so I had to make the difficult decision to stop, you know, production because it wasn't ready and then we had this gap so it's a challenge because there's not enough tobacco and um on a good year connecticut broadleaf is difficult right if you look at connecticut broadleaf in the field it looks like what a filler plant would look like in nicaragua dominican or honduras they're shorter stockier heavier leaves that's not typical for wrapper style tobaccos right usually wrapper grades, those plants get to eight feet tall. You know, the shade plants sometimes get to 10 feet tall, much thinner, smaller vein structure, you know, thinner cellular structure on the leaf. So broadleaf is more like a binder style grade tobacco in general. That's on a good year. You take bad, you know, weather and growing cycles, you know, three years ago, it was 20% of the crop came, came through. 20% 20% out of the whole crop. That the wasn't in the it, numbers. I can assure you that. <clears throat> numbers, man. So then we, you know, then we're plagued with allocation. Mm-hmm. We only have a certain amount. So then we have to set up an allocation program for shops because otherwise, you know, your people are kind of cherry picking. Like we have to because we only have a certain amount of sticks and in inventory. So, you know. It's funny. It's, a challenge. it's it's funny you talk about uh, you know people rediscovering broadleaf because it, it's so funny. Like I think of other brands that I enjoy, like Tatsuahe and stuff. These like tech guys, they're really they're all about getting like that old broadleaf stuff now. It's like coming back, man. It's, people, that, that's the shit yeah, they hunt. But Pete's Pete's been with Pete and I have talked about broadleaf for years. Mm-hmm. You know, like back many years and just how some of these old school Connecticut broadleaf cigars, Pete is, was well aware of them coming up in the industry. So we kind of connected a lot on, on that for our just love of broadleaf in general, you know, Jaime and Pepin I've known, I've known Pepin since 2003 when he first really started in Nicaragua, I was just starting Pepin had come from Cuba and that was amazing because I would always, you know, learn from Pepin. But Jaime, you know, I was I was with last year and I asked him, yeah, Jaime, what's your favorite tobacco for rapper? Connecticut Broadleaf. Yeah. And they go, yeah. Yeah. You know, because <laughs> that, you know, that combination of the sweet, earthy, it's got body, it's got strength, but it's not harsh, it's not overwhelming. And then you take that and blend it with Nicaraguan filler tobaccos that are just it helps kind of round out those filler tobaccos in a way like some of the heavier filler tobaccos it kind of takes the edge off of it because it rounds it out with the sweetness and the earthiness so to me that connect that nicaraguan connecticut connection is one of the most amazing when it comes to 
you know, blending and flavor profiles. Um, but yeah, I mean, I wish we had more tobacco kind of to expose to more manufacturers. Um, you know, like you said, skips kind of moving away because it's a challenge from the manufacturing standpoint, broadleaf, because you have to, you can buy it selected, but it's really expensive. If you don't buy it selected, then you have to buy it by crop. But then when you buy the crop, you got to use the whole cow, man. You yeah. know what I mean? You're getting Everything. filler, you're getting binder, you're getting, then you have to deal with the fermentation time, you know? And if you want to do it right, you got to take your time with it. Um, so it's kind of much more of a challenge compared to some of these other options on the market, like San Andreas for Maduro, you know, Ecuador. Um, they're just a bit easier to deal with um, from a yield perspective, from uh, a fermentation perspective. So um, it's tough to see it, you know, broadleaf. It's tough, man. It's tough to get yeah. factories on it. Well, you touch on San Andreas. I mean, what a boom that's seen in the last two years, huh? Who isn't making a San Andreas line right now? I mean, there, there's, there's a lot Maduro, available, right? right? I yeah. mean, it's it's a fantastic, like, it's a great leaf. Yeah, it has some similarities to broadleaf in, in, in kind of many, many ways, um, but its own uniqueness. It's a special tobacco in that it's one of the oldest seed varieties. I mean, when you're talking about the San Andreas Negro seed, that's 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 one of the oldest seed varieties in the world. Um, that predates the Habanisa seed, the Cuban seed, um, because it is. It was said that the seed went from kind of the Yucatan into Cuba. Cubans would probably get really pissed at me, but <laughs> from from all my research, that's kind of you know what happened. Over the years, tread, so tread lightly a, there, man. <laughs> the it's a Hispanic warring cultures. Though, yeah, <laughs> but these guys, you know, they kind of get it. The ones that are yeah. into kind of the history, you know, they they get it. Yeah. Um, you know, that was the the thing about Connecticut. I didn't realize really the impact of Connecticut tobaccos until I moved to Nicaragua. You know, and these guys ask you where are you from when you're amongst all these Cuban cigar makers, and you say Connecticut. Oh, Connecticut. You know, that holds a lot of weight um, because there's such an old relationship between Connecticut and Cuba. They, I mean, all the cigars made in Connecticut were made with Cuban fillers. Do they geek out when they like, you know, like the way most people would when they're talking to like a Cuban cigar maker or a manufacturer? What do you mean? Like geek out? Like, like yeah, like they respect you like, whoa, whoa, I got some questions. I like to pick your brain. Like, I mean, is it like kind of like, I mean, most people associate like. If you're talking to the everyday person, right, when you yeah. think cigars, most people aren't going to say Nicaraguan. They're not going to say Connecticut broadleaf. The first thing they think of is Cuban cigars. There's an embargo. <laughs> Those are the yeah. best ones. Dude, have yeah. you ever smoked a cigar? That's, that, that's the amazing thing about I would love for somebody to do a case study in like a university study or some on that fact about Cubes that it holds such. It's an allure. Cute. Yeah, no doubt. And allure, and then you talk to people that consistently smoke Cuban cigars, and I mean, five sticks. Everybody I talk to, it's like four to six sticks per box are just unsmokable. If wow. that happened with us, I mean, I'd be out of business. Yeah, but somehow the Cubans have issue with quality, consistency, you know, blends, fermentation of the tobaccos. Yet 
they still have that mystique and allure of being, you know, even amongst non-smokers. Yeah, that's what everyone thinks about. Just Cuban this, Cuban that. And, you know, maybe those rollers need to get some more good rum while they're rolling. And that'll help with consistency. Yeah. It's like a wedding. It's like uh, <laughs> you, you you see like uh, like the groom. He'll go out and he'll he'll try and find some Cubans for his groomsmen. It's like oh, these are the best yeah. ones. Like, dude, grab me a box of Foundation. Grab me a box of Tatuaje. Grab me yeah. a box of Dunbarton. Grab me a box of Crownheads. Like, dude, they're yeah. all great. They all have. They're all fantastically blended now, cigars. Listen, from a manufacturing standpoint, tobacco standpoint. I mean, it's light years beyond. I'm biased, of course, but it's, you know, I haven't been to Cuba and seen inspected, but I could just tell from the cigars themselves, also from, you know, videos and photos I've seen, how they have the factories laid out, how they're working the fields. It's a whole different mentality, man. It's not, it's, it's, it's not a progressive kind of mentality. Um, Old school. It's all right. It's old school. Mm-hmm. It makes and sense. And it's hardcore commie. Oh, <laughs> well, mentality, you know? Nick, uh, one last question here. I know we're getting can to we a say point. that word. Yeah, you can say. We can say you want. communist. We can say Why whatever not? the fuck we want. <laughs> yeah, this is our fucking show. We'll yeah. say whatever the fuck we want. You uh, can't ban us yet. Yeah. Not yet. <laughs> so, last question. I know we're wrapping up yeah. shortly here. Yeah, so, I got like fifteen minutes, so we're good. Oh, perfect. Mm. Okay, perfect. Yeah. So. Now, you've talked about Connecticut. You've talked about Nicaraguan tobacco. What's another tobacco that you would see is kind of coming on trend and something that you haven't been able to quite, you know, put the project in motion yet, but you're excited to do something with? To I be you honest, can say it. it would be a lot of experimentation that's happening here in the Valley. Um, I work really close with uh, a good friend of mine and coworker, uh, John Foster uh, from Dunn and Foster Tobacco. Um, is actually where I share my my office. It's on actually his farm. So he has a lot of projects. And then we also have some projects going on and a lot of experimentation of different seed varieties, right? I don't know. I think you guys might have heard this, but Connecticut shade in the valley has most of the shade has actually moved to Ecuador okay. over the years. Um, so the seeds that are being grown predominantly are broadleaf and also Cuban seed. Now Cuban seed has been growing, um, which is, it's much smaller than broadleaf, but it's been, it's been growing, but the shade production made up the majority of the production over the past kind of hundred years. So trying to work on something that kind of fills that, that void um, of something that has better yields and that is can be used by more and more companies to kind of fill that void of Connecticut shade. So that's something that's kind of being worked on. And then also different hybridizations of different seed varieties. Um, and as you can imagine, those things take so much time, right? Uh, from experimenting, seeing how they were, they were reacting in the fields, getting them down, fermenting them, then trying them on new blends. But this is something that's kind of actively being worked on uh, constantly. So, so hoping, you know, we get some some good results. I got a question. So when you do Connecticut shade, you guys actually, do you guys put up screen to keep the plants in the shade? Like, I, I know it's probably a beginner question, but I think I've seen a couple pictures. Mm-hmm. Is that, no? 
No, no, it's a good question. I'm saying it's it's because uh, I always wondered um, what the what the shade portion means because I think I saw some pictures of like the plants with netting over them sometimes, but I don't yeah, know what so that what I'm looking at. Yeah, so that was developed in Connecticut in the early 1900s, right? So in the late 1800s, uh, we were selling broadleaf and and Cuban seed here in Connecticut. The Dutch had moved into Sumatra and Indonesia and were growing tobacco in Sumatra. And Sumatra, most of the fields were being covered by jungle. Uh, So the fields were being cut out, but then they had shade from the jungles from where they were being planted. So just by having that shade, they were able to produce a very thin, high-yielding wrapper-grade tobacco. This was killing the sales of Connecticut broadleaf and Cuban seed being grown in Connecticut, right? The factories, factories at that time, they didn't really grow or farm. They were manufacturers, right? So they're always looking at yield. So the Dutch were killing our sales here in Connecticut. They were killing them so much that the state of Connecticut, the Department of Agriculture started taxing the Sumatra seed. But then the Department of Agriculture was tasked to develop a new seed variety that could compete with the Sumatra. So they took, they took Cuban seed, they took Sumatra and they took broadleaf and they hybridized the three of them together. And that produced what we know as Connecticut shade. So that's how Connecticut shade was born. And then there was a brilliant man who said, we have to mimic these growing conditions in Sumatra so he started growing the crops under cheesecloth tents. So gotcha. the tents would be that. put mm-hmm. over the fields. This would create a microclimate, 10% higher humidity, less sun exposure. That created the Connecticut shade to be able to grow, grow really tall and then also have this really golden, high-yielding, wrapper tobacco this was the birth of this golden you know leaf that really no one had seen in the cigar the industry golden quite light like wrapper correct yeah and this pretty much dominated from the early 1900s throughout the 1900s up into the late 80s ironically enough the dutch took the seed shade seed from connecticut and started growing it in ecuador Ecuador, those damn Dutch, very <laughs> damn yeah, the Dutch. You got to watch out for the Dutch. Screw them. <laughs> Screw them. Ecuador has this really thin layer of clouds during growing season. It's not these beautiful big white clouds. It's this very gray, thin layer. So that it's like acts fucking as a buffalo natural. from November to March. <laughs> there you go. Uh, November to April. That's Ecuador. It's just like and a it's fucking a overcast. Tent. That's what it is all the time. It's gray in ecuador but this produced a really high yielding golden connecticut shade tobacco and from the late 80s until now they've pretty much taken all of the connecticut shade production from connecticut unfortunately in the late 80s early 90s like nobody reacted in connecticut like we we got to where we were at through innovation experimentation unfortunately kind of no one moved at that time so you know since the late 80s till now they took most of the production the market the dutch Dutch and those ecuadorians you know the the market didn't really notice right 
because this this huge change was made from Connecticut to Ecuador, and the market didn't really push back because Connecticut shade is kind of more of a neutral style tobacco. It's so thin, the vein structure is thin. So the market, this change was able to to happen without the market saying, oh, you know, this is not the same. I'm not buying these anymore. Like it accepted what was what was going on. Um, whereas you can't do that, I, I think, with broadleaf and the Cuban seed, right? It's just different, completely different seed variety. And because of the the soil here, because of the Connecticut River, you know, you can't replicate Connecticut broadleaf the same way. Um, you can grow in, a, you know, Pennsylvania grows broadleaf. Everybody's kind of been experimenting with broadleaf, but it's just not the same. Um, so unfortunately, we lost a lot of the production of shade to Ecuador, most of the production, if not all of it. Um, so we're, we're really trying to work on something that fills that void. Yeah. yeah. Which is a I challenge. Can, I can see that. I mean, I'm sure though, obviously they don't have uh, as tight a labor laws down there either. So that made production easier. Let me tell you something. <clears throat> it's, it's just to do business. I mean, we're, we're making it really difficult in our mm. country, man. I don't know where this is going to go. But I was dealing with stuff all day today. That's it's not. They they really make it really difficult for bit small businesses and, mm-hmm. um, yeah. I mean, at least they're trying to exempt us from these tobacco regulations. Which yeah, is- thank God, thank God. Yeah, that's huge. Um, there's no money in it, man. Yeah. You know what I mean? Compared to all the other tobacco products that are out there, and you know, kids don't buy. Handmade cigars. It's just not happening. Stupid. No, stupid. I mean, it is. It yeah. is. It's, it's so really dumb. stupid. It is. Dumb. Everybody knows that. But other countries yeah. are crazy, man. You look at Australia. You look at England. New Zealand. I mean, France. France. Canada. France. Yeah. I mean, they're all. It's insane. They suck. They can suck one. They, they, this. Really, <laughs> they can. <laughs> Those dirty it's French. It's kind of ridiculous. France has fallen. I they we talked about it last week. You know they want to ban smoking in public places. And what I think about France is just people eating baguettes and uh, sipping tea and smoking cigarettes in the street. That's all I think about. And yeah. they're trying to ban it in public places. What a what a joke. That's, the, that's our angry elf. <laughs> Change your name to angry elf. <laughs> England was trying to enforce this whole after 1998. If you were born after 1998, you can't smoke. Oh, the generational cigar bans. California, what was it? Uh, AB 935. What a fucking joke that was. Up here is California, too. You suck. Fuck you, Gavin Newsom, you fucking scumbag. California sucks, too. Looney. Lunatic. Scumbag. California sucks, too. Although he's probably smoking a cigar at like every wedding he goes to. Oh, 100%, (laughs) dude. We say that all the time. These guys in. uh, these guys in office are just sitting around laughing at us. Yeah, fuck these idiots. Yeah. The press release where he's talking about, you need to wear the mask in public. He's on camera at like some 500 person, $1,000 a ticket event, just drinking away yeah. when the fucking mask mandates were going on. His winery's Asshole. got work exemptions during COVID. Because he, he owns man. wineries. Go, going back to, obviously, we're getting a little crazy right now. We're all yeah, fucking canceled. We're all fucking canceled. I'm joking. I'm on poor number three. I'm going wild. Yeah, I see that, <laughs> buddy. This, you, I mean, you're our an, our you're little elf can't handle his alcohol. He's a fucking alcoholic. <laughs> uh, act 11, scene four is pretty damn good. There you go. Yeah. You, you drink uh, bourbon? You drink whiskey? That's, quite the, that's quite the setup you got over there, little elf. Yeah, I love bourbon. I'm a big, I'm a big bourbon. So this whole uh, room, man. we're all in the same place right now. 
Oh, you are. This is yeah, my here. this is my home lounge. Yeah, here, I'll give you a little lounge. quick yeah, 360 yeah, so you can taller. see. Yeah, this is my home lounge. Oh, nice, dude. That's sick. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, but, stop yeah, by. Stop you, by when you you're in Buffalo. You set up than most cigar shops over there. I don't want to take. <laughs> I don't want to hear that. Stop by when you're in Buffalo. Stop by. Yes. Yeah, I mean, I, on, I, I think, cannot yeah. not stop by. You yeah. gotta. But uh, I got I got a question before before we close out. I know you got some business meetings to attend to. What yeah. should all our listeners and viewers and fans of Foundation? What should be What should they be on the lookout in 2024? Ooh. What you can say, I understand. Yeah, yeah. What you can, what's the come if you can say? Listen, you know, because of the way the show's falling this year, you know, it's March, um, and we just released, as Jerry so elegantly put it, so many so many products at the show. So we're going to be really focusing on you know the items we just we just released. So Matapa, the new Charter Oaks, um, you know, Night Commander and the Senator are kind of a yearly release, so it's not like they're they're completely new brands but we'll be focusing on on those and you might see uh you might see a, a few surprises here and there well i like I that i can't really get get into it but the show will be interesting oh boy well we'll have to pay a visit you know i'll, I'll arm wrestle one of your guys for a box we'll play that game <laughs> i'm not fucking fighting to talk to you for fucking 10 minutes this year either Pappas, you gotta go through Pappas, dude jerry you gotta beat him, I'm, I'm not fucking listen i'm train. not gonna fucking fight through this crowd of people to talk to you for 10 minutes gonna, we gotta at least hang out for a couple minutes we're gonna in do March. over the top i'm gonna turn the hat backwards sly stallone style Ooh. Yeah. yeah you know at the end of the day it's always a little bit better I guess. I don't know. It's always crazy, man. You know, you know, and plus my last name is similar to your mentor, you know, Massimi, Massimo. Well, they're cousins probably. No, actually the (laughs) fucked up thing is I didn't get to say it, but so my last name was actually changed when my family came over. That was my original last name, Massimo. That's his fucking, see? That's his grandpa. That's his grandfather, his great, great, great grandfather. Yeah. It's like the Italian equivalent of Maxwell or Not anymore. Because that guy's still alive. So I'm sure you would know if that was your great grandfather. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know. It could be some infidelity. You never know. What the fuck? Those Italians. What? Let's let's see that uh, twenty three and me test. Yeah, right. right. Yeah, right. Oh, that shit's gonna be all over the place. Man. Every, everyone <laughs> had a guma back in the day, you know. Some still That's do. True. Oh my god, dude! <laughs> Just this so. is taking a horrible turn. <laughs> but it really is. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, Nick. It really I, is. I'm becoming a Mormon next month, actually. <laughs> Not Dude, I just saw I just saw like a video. Oh. They were pro. Uh, I just came up with your next cigar name. There, you got the uh, the Book the of Book Mormon, Mormon Wise Man. <laughs> Well, I mean, the Mormon plate, the golden the Mormon plates, the golden Mormon Bible, which is what's like, that? What's I thought it was the plate. Play? Uh, yeah, but they're like golden plates that were found in the Utah desert or yeah. something like that. Yeah. What was that Joseph Smith? Yes. Exactly. Yeah, Joseph Smith. Yeah. yeah. I don't want to say hogwash yeah. or anything like that, but it's a conspiracy. Listen, I don't know. I don't know too much. <laughs> it's a conspiracy. A good, a good thing we should dive into one day. But. Yeah, man. It's a good conspiracy. <laughs> Listen, Nick, thanks for jumping on with us today, man. Guys, we appreciate it. fun, man. Yeah, I hope you had a good time. Again. Yeah, I love oh, that. Yeah. That'd be it's awesome. Great. It's I'll, great. Let me know. Uh, yeah, when this goes up, and well, I'll make sure uh, we promote it. Hell yeah, dude! I uh, man, next time we talk, I did want to dive into the uh, new Charter Oak cigar. So we'll set some cool know, story, man. One. I know, yeah. man. I didn't. We didn't even get to him. 
but have you uh, have you tried the uh, any of them yet? I did. Uh, Pasquale. Pasquale I, I, I did Pasquale yeah. and the other. I did both. What Pegnatero? Pegnatero. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I did both of them. So I smoked yeah. both. The uh, I was a huge fan of the the lighter wrappered one. Yeah, that seems to be an interesting one. That is eats, really uh, good. Yeah, man. it's a it's an interesting blend, but. Um, yeah, hit me up. Uh, hit, send me your uh, your address too over there. I'll do that. We'll email it to you. T-shirt sizes. Oh, Hello. oh, we don't hey. have the I we don't have the I fucking arm wrestle for these ones. <laughs> no, no, not for these. <laughs> All right. Well, the little elf is uh, extra small. Uh, I'm, hey, I'm into large. I, I'm short, but I got a little wider, so I'm into larges now. <laughs> I don't think we even make smalls. <laughs> it's not typically the industry. Yeah, I get yelled at for making smalls. A large is good. All right, brother. All right. Nick, thanks for jumping on, man. Right. And listen, guys, guys, make sure you guys are checking out Foundation Cigars. Yeah, uh, give give your Smoke plugs. Foundation. Give your plugs. Let, let the give, my, give my plugs. Yep. www.com. What is it? Three W's? Yeah. Foundationcigars.com. The World Wide Web for anyone living Instagram. under a tree. Yeah, Foundation Cigars. We're you know, we're pretty active on Instagram. Um <laughs> here and there on Facebook. Uh you could check me out. Uh I'm Nick R. Agua is my uh personal Instagram account. And uh we we appreciate you, man. Thanks for tuning in and uh we, we appreciate all the support. Perfect foundation. <laughs> that's right man <laughs> thank you nick it's been a pleasure have a good one brother all right guys see you bro all right, let's try to do this again absolutely man we'll be in all touch right. all right be good see you brother see you. all right peace what a legend great guy legend of the industry guy's a beast pretty dope pretty, pretty dope. dope looks like everything uploaded easily so that's always a nice uh it's always nice when things go smooth see what happens i just want to throw this out there for any of our previous guests that did not have the uh, instructions instructions <laughs> uh this shit goes so smooth when shit works mm. i love it uh i got a couple things i gotta uh obviously pull from you know one of our sources but uh well you- why don't we take this time and have caleb talk about the booze yeah, yo, listen, we didn't, we did not forget, Caleb. This is a great opportunity. Actually, we we don't have to to fuck with that later. Just do that now. All right, guys. Today, we drink a great one, a great one, courtesy of Jerry. We are drinking a Midwinter's Night Dram. This is Act Eleven, Scene Four. So this is made by High West. It's a uh, their winter, their late fall release. Uh, it's been ongoing since two thousand seven, I believe. Um, so very. Sought after. It's taken a lot of criticism in some years. But um, so let's see what we got here. So it's out of High West in Utah. It is a blended straight straight rye whiskey. It's a undisclosed proportions of 95% rye, 5% malted barley. Uh, some of the, 90, the 5% malted barley is from MGP, 80% rye, and then 20% malted rye is from High West Distillery. This is a 98.6 proofer. Uh, age is undisclosed, and um, it is their limited yearly release of the High West Rendezvous Rye. So, Gio, we did that on the show before. Gio brought it to us. Uh, this is actually finished in French oak and port barrels as well. Uh, this edition, Act 11, Scene 4, uh, the MSRP is 150 so it did go up $25 Woo! from last year. 
Damn, bourbon is expensive. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, this is like one of those allocated drops too. So stores, if they get this, don't get much of this. So uh, Jerry's just, you know, he's the bourbon hunter. So he's got it all. Well, I, I, I'm just going to throw it out there. I got this bottle. Just throwing it out there, guys, for $16. So <laughs> we won't, we won't say how, because, you know, the feds is watching. No, <laughs> it was at somebody's. It was. At, it was at a stack. So yeah. uh, I gotta say, <coughs> what you, what did you guys think about the taste on this? Because um, this is definitely different than last year's edition that we did. What was last year? Act Act Ten, right, Jerry? <coughs> yeah, I forgot Excuse what me. scene. I'm over here trying to pull up files. I Sorry. look at Caleb. I go, please don't don't pull me in right now. Well, well, and then he pulls me right in. Well, like I want, one just when later. he thought he was out, <laughs> they pull, pull me back in. <laughs> I just wanted to make sure we had the right act. I don't know the scene. It was Act Ten, but a lot of people said they didn't like the Act Ten because of that minty evergreen taste. And I, I actually there did was like that plum or something. I remember personally, I liked it. Personally, I'm gonna say this Caleb. Act Eleven, Scene Four has a plum taste. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure the bottle's up there. Yeah, it's up there. It's 100 percent up I just there on the see, shelf. I there's, just a lot, there's a half bottle left. So. I just can't see. Maybe this. we could do a comparison later on, me and you, since eh. you were able to make some moves today. Yeah, day drinking at its <laughs> finest right here. I'm ready to go. I'm on medication for this eye infection. Still getting over the streptococcus. Um, I probably have COVID. Who knows? But uh, I'm ready to day drink. Don't say that. <laughs> I'm, I'm medicated and ready to drink. I know. So, Hold on. Beware. First of all. Oh, just a side note. Congratulations to our fucking our our co-host here, Geo, man. Yeah. Uh bringing in a a beautiful, healthy little girl. Congrats, bro. Thank you. Appreciate you, my brother. Yeah, that was a that was an experience. Hospital couches are not comfortable. That's the toughest part of pregnancy, you know. I don't care. <laughs> I don't care what they say about like your wife being uncomfortable with a big belly, you know, pushing out a baby. Toughest part of the whole nine months is uh, sleeping on that pull-out couch. <laughs> Yo, Gio, what did, what did I tell you? I, I said it on the phone when you were on the phone with your girlfriend. What? Oh, dude, I forgot what you exactly said. Um, oh, geez, what was you, it? I, I, I was like, you think giving birth is painful. Wait till you fucking hear the story about Gio's going to tell you about sleeping <laughs> on that bed in the same <laughs> What'd she say? What was her response? Oh, she said, fuck you, Jerry. <laughs> I'm going to punch you in the fucking face or some shit like that. <laughs> Dude, I thought the the, the, scari- the scariest part was that first feeding. The, like, the nurse hands you the bottle. And she's like, you know how to feed the baby, right? And it's like, I don't know what to do. What? I read this in a book once. <laughs> I didn't even so, read the book. No, like, getting into that part of things here. So, one one more funny response is that one of our uh, coworkers who texted me was like, yeah, they designed those chairs to be as uncomfortable as giving birth, so you feel the pain, too. <laughs> uh, what a G. But, I think they would just bring you in like a nice cot. Dude. They don't. No, no. They're, they're like, fuck you. <laughs> we don't fucking care about you, you scumbag. But, so, now, uh, it was a natural, so, like, I watched the whole thing here. Like, it was, I was like, all right, you know what, I'm going to see this here. And it's like a slow, gradual, like, push. You know, it wasn't dramatic because of the epidural. Like, there wasn't any crazy screaming like you see in the movies or anything like that. But, uh, like, towards the end, like, I'm still expecting, like, still this gradual thing. And then suddenly the baby just, like, popped out all fast. I was like, whoa, oh, God. <laughs> I was not expecting that. Like, oh, is everything okay? <laughs> like, and then there was a baby. Yeah, what was that like, dude? Alex had a C-section, so I... I- I didn't get to experience like that 
that moment like that. It was actually like very quick and painless. So, well, I'm sure it wasn't painless. <laughs> well, I, painless for me. Not no, it was painless for Alex too. Uh, she was on so many drugs. She was like, "Is it out yet?" I'm like. Oh. Uh, 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 yeah, along with every other organ in your body. <laughs> That's the painful part for us. You got to see all those yeah, organs. Yeah, I got to see it. And if, I'm if, like, you, if you turn if you turn around and take a look, you get yeah. to see everything. It's like, oh, uh, that that doesn't need to be out on the table. Well, you know, I, I cut the cord and all that. Like, oh, you, congrats. Yeah, but so that part was the the weirdest thing. Like I said, is like because the uh, the kids in like covered in the, I forgot what it was called, but like the white shit goo. I guess <laughs> all that goo, like the amniotic fluid. I don't yeah. know. I think that's it. But and they're like, it was just like, oh shit, the baby's like in shock. I'm in shock. And then like finally, like after they like get the baby settled, like she's crying and all that. And you're like, oh my god, my kid. Yeah, of course I cried like a little bitch. Like, I told you you were gonna fucking cry when. So just I know it's a it's a lot, man. It's a big moment to talk about. I talked about it. Obviously, I went through it in yeah. in June, but like, what was it like, man? When you first saw her, when, oh, it's let like me this. let me let me tell you, let me let me get more specific. When you heard the first cry, you're you're, you're very happy and uh, like it's a rush of positive emotions. You're very overwhelmed, like you don't really know what to say. It's almost like every emotion at once yeah. is going through your body. And then, like, at first, like, we didn't really, like, we legitimately didn't name her until, like, an hour after yeah. she was born, because we were still, like, debating it. And then, like, I just kind of, like, said it. I saw saw you got your way on that. Yeah. You Great know. name. <laughs> like, you know, hey, I don't know what you're talking about. I didn't tell you guys anything. Shh. Uh, all right. Uh, <laughs> sorry. The baby, sorry the baby, if you're listening. The baby's already out. You know, yeah. you can't go back now. <clears throat> Don't worry. This isn't... In three weeks, it'll be forgot about. The baby will shit some. Oh my god! Hold up. The first shit. The, the black, first shit. The, the Tell bla- me about the first shit. The so the first, shit. the first ones the weren't bad. They were just like the like tar looking poop. Ugh, gross. And you you clean it, whatever. Yesterday, I am doing work to prep for the show, and I'm like on the phone with Jerry, and she starts crying and fucking. I thought I let out some horrible farts. This fucking child <laughs> is my child, no doubt. Poor, <clears throat> poor kid inherited all Gio's protein. <clears throat> all Gio's protein went right to this baby. Just and, protein and trend. Oh, stop. It's <laughs> a big-ass baby, by the way. <laughs> hey, she was only seven pounds, one ounce. Oh, that's that's not bad. Yeah. Healthy. But I, I get the diaper, and I'm like, oh, my God. So then you clean her up, you know, you do the thing. She's crying because, like, I'm letting, you know, Nikki sleep. And, you know, because she, the first few days, was only getting, like, sleep for a couple hours at a time. So last night, I'm like, you know what? I'll just stay up with the baby as late as I can. You know, sleep as much as you can. Because for the most part, the baby is being good. And There's no such thing as a bad baby. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, just a fussy baby. There's no such thing as a bad. I hate I when people fussy. say that. I should, like. They're babies. They don't know what they're doing. Right. They're, they're so little and small. They can't help sorry. themselves. Sorry. For the most part, the Look baby is being all sentimental. <laughs> <laughs> and then after I get her all cleaned up, after she just let out this fucking monster turd, I'm laying down on the couch. Does it right again like 10 minutes later. <laughs> I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> no one prepares you for the amount of diapers that you go through. No one prepares you for that. You're like, 
Well, we have plenty of diapers. I got a box. You're going through that motherfucker in like two days. And it's like, you're like, what the, how? <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. The math isn't mathing here. Uh, thankfully, I'm past that stage. No more diapers. Yeah, I'm you're a, still I'm a happy dad. You're still wiping butts though for fucking gro- not, like four, not really. what three and two year olds. Not really anymore. What's Cam now? Three, four, and four Kenny's, and three. Not really. Not doing much wiping. They they got it down pretty good. Good. Oh, I'm can't happy. wait. I'm happy. It's 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 the best part about being a father, not having to wipe any more butts. Uh, yeah, so guys, but, that brings yeah, us man, to we got, yeah. I was gonna say we got we got some other stuff to go through. Brings us to crazier stories. We, we didn't are, forget. We are now going into Patrol Gone Wild. Well, before we get into Patrol, why don't oh. we uh, talk about the giveaway? Yeah, why not? Yeah. So guys, uh, we obvious, just posted it today. So I mean, the the details are there. Details are there. We decided. You know, are we going to announce the uh, the whole details? I mean, I figure it's beforehand, right? Yeah, fuck it, dude. Fuck it. All right, guys. Well, if you noticed. Obviously, those hats, they have a nice little joint logo on them from Crown Heads and down to Herf. Starting in January, the ink is dry. Crown Heads is going to be coming on as an official sponsor of the Down to Herf podcast. But there will also be another company joining. Who? Huh. Conveniently, the other company giving stuff away. Whoa. What? Wow. Get in on this. Dunbarton Tobacco and Trust. Home of all the wonderful products such as the Red Meat Lovers, Mikarita, Sober Mesa, and the Saka Con line and all that other fun stuff is also coming on as the official sponsor of this segment coming up. Patrol Gone Wild. Oh. Yeah. Patrol like Gone Wild. We're doing it big. Right. You've, been, you've been listening to the podcast. You, yeah. you've, been, you've been getting the transition game going good. Dude, you're doing well. Right. But I am not transitioning. Wild. We're doing it big. Hell yeah. Which brings us to our first story of the day. So we have a crazy Chipotle fight leads to an even crazier sentence. So this is going back. uh, This is a story out of Ohio. So we have a judge who uh, ruled a misdemeanor in a fight that happened at a suburban Cleveland, Ohio uh, Chipotle shop where a 39-year-old woman, displeased with her Chipotle order, flung, flung the bowl of hot food at a Chipotle counter worker, she pleaded guilty and was sentenced to face a 180-day jail sentence with half suspension. But the judge was feeling some type of way and said, you know what, instead of 180 days in jail, I'm going to sentence you to serve 60 days of her sentence working at Chipotle. So she's going to have to work 20 hours a week instead of jail time. So for 60 days... Whatever, 20, 20 hours a week, she's going to have to work at Chipotle. So in lieu of jail time, she's going to have to work behind the counter as like uh, some sort of punishment for her treatment of a fast food worker. I, I work know how that's legal. I worked at Mighty Taco for like 16 hours. I worked two <laughs> shifts one time. I was just like, all right. I looked up. I made like a thousand tacos. And I looked up, it was like 15 minutes. I was like, dude, fuck this. This is wow. the worst job of all time. That's, so That's crazy. I can't even imagine what Chipotle's like. First off, there's always just, a line out the door. This sounds like the plot to like a early 2000s comedy. Well, see, <laughs> like, does so, it not? You're sentenced to work at Chipotle. So there's a lot of controversy about this sentencing. A lot of people are saying this is the soft on crime, democratic judges taking an incident like this 
lightly. So instead of jail time for assaulting a worker, you're going to sentence this person to work at said restaurant. I can assure you working at Chipotle is like doing 90 days at least. Well, so so that's the argument from a lot of Ohio Republicans. They're saying, so you're saying being a fast food worker is just as bad as being at jail? So that's where the controversy lies within the sentencing. So it's saying, damn you, it, I played right into it. Well, you, you, you did, but you unknowingly, <laughs> you unknowingly did. So a lot of people on like the Democrat side are saying, let's avoid clogging up our jails, sending this person there for half a year, and just let them get outside of jail, face a suspended sentence, some community service, but also working 20 hours a week at Chipotle. While the Republicans are saying, no, this isn't enough. You let this person off easy. And by doing this, you're saying that the karma for them having a fight with a Chipotle worker and throwing food is to work there. And I'm kind of torn because I'm in the in-between. I don't know what's right, what's wrong. Maybe you face some sort of karmatic justice working there, or maybe you should do your time behind bars. It's a tough one. I just thought it was a funny story. Uh, You know, I I don't know where where you land on this, but... So I actually think this is... First off, we're, we're, this isn't like a true like unless someone was seriously hurt. I don't consider this like a true assault. Like, I think this is a better punishment, and maybe like people will treat someone better because you learn actually. Like, it, it just seems to me like this is a, like was this a younger person? Uh, the the uh, person who threw the breedable was forty years old. All right, well maybe old enough to, to know, know better. Like. For, like, a 20-year-old, I feel like this would be a great punishment. For a 40-year-old, maybe, like, a substantial fine. And But, like, hey, man, nothing more humbling than having to answer to that, like, 22-year-old manager and knowing if you get out of line, you're going to jail. <laughs> Can you imagine, like, going back to that? It's like, it's like reversing in life. Yeah. Some kids telling you what to do. Curious, are they paid? Like, or is this just mandated? <clears throat> nope, it's just mandated. You work your twenty hours, and it's part of your sentence. You don't get paid for this. <laughs> all the shitty jobs. He got. Here, clean the toilets. <laughs> that's, that's, that's probably what they'll do, or they'll be cashing people out, and they'll be facing maybe that sort of harsh judgment. Well, so, all yeah, right. I, I'm not. I'm not a fan of that. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not a fan of that, dude. I got a funny one, though. Uh, I got one out of uh, Florida. Where else? It's a drunk Florida man sexually molests a manatee statue and then throws gator nuggets in a restaurant. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) This is kind of a fucking weird one. Uh, Yeah. Anthony Michael Lisa was charged with a misdemeanor count of disorderly intoxication slash disturbance and booked in jail. Um, Yeah. Patrons witnessed the 23-year-old of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, causing disturbance scene at Rick's Reef, a local seafood restaurant in St. Petersburg, Florida. He allegedly was throwing gator nuggets uh, in the restaurant, and when an employee confronted him about it, he decided to go out front and start sexually molesting their statue manatee. <laughs> <laughs> So he's so he's fucking humping the manatee. Yeah, like, correct. Gonna, he's just like dry humping the manatee. Like fuck you guys. Fuck you. I didn't see video footage, but I'm gonna guess he was probably humping the manatee. What? He was completely <laughs> wasted. And then like so the whole thing. Sorry, I guess he was just throwing like gator nuggets around, 
And then people were like, dude, you can't. Like, the employee came and they were like, you can't fucking do that. He's like, fuck you, I'll do what I want. And he just went and started fucking their, like, it sounds the, like- the Ronald McDonald of Rick Sharif. <laughs> This just sounds like the fucking one of the college kids in like old school, some shit that would <laughs> like super fucked up. All of this is like super the plots funny. of fucking two thousand fucking movies lately. Oh jeez, sounds like this kid could have just gotten away if he ran away and went back to his hotel, but instead, instead he decided to stick around and hump a manatee. I don't think they fuck around in St. Pete, man. <laughs> it's a nice community. It's a nice community. Yeah, it's nice. <laughs> <laughs> can you just imagine you're driving like some fucking families like walking their dog with their kids and there's drunk assholes out there yeah fuck you rick <laughs> <laughs> fuck you rick's reef fuck your manatee too literally fuck yeah <laughs> it's like santa video friggin from the bills game of santa fucking the dolphin <laughs> <laughs> throwback to a to, uh, a to a long time ago last year's episode oh man that's fucking great uh but yeah, the kid disorderly conduct and uh, and intoxication in public. Uh, I would assume I don't really know what the the penalties are down there, but I'm sure he'll be working for a Chipotle real soon. <laughs> working for Rick's Reef, cleaning Rick's. the manatee. The manatee. <laughs> exactly. You're in charge of the fucking manatee now, fucking scumbag. Polish it. Polish it. <laughs> but uh, you got one too, right, bud? All righty. So mine, I have a little clip with it here, but. So, Florida woman goes Dukes of Hazard on a Georgia highway tow truck. I hope you guys appreciated my little Photoshop there of uh, Caleb as Daisy Duke. Oh, that was me? <laughs> Are you kidding me, bro? You didn't see it? I, I, I didn't realize that was me. Oh, it is me. <laughs> it's me and you, buddy. It's amazing. <laughs> no wonder why Gio was asking for a picture. <laughs> you knew it was coming. <laughs> I did not know that was coming. I like it though. That's funny. Very creative. Ten out of ten for creativity. Well, I want to know uh, one out of ten. Uh, what do you guys think about uh, Caleb? Does he look sexy? Caleb Duke. Caleb Duke. <laughs> I'll wear uh, shorts like that if you guys want me to. You probably would, man. You I, probably would, and you I'm, probably wouldn't even think about I it. I might have a pair. <laughs> well, guys, I want you to see this clip, and it's a body cam footage from the incident. And wait till you see this. Good. Here comes Caleb. Previous ten fifty eighty four where? That is fucking insane, dude. So like, that dude got at least 20 feet in there. Yeah, this chick uh, had some pretty severe injuries. Uh, did live, but the uh, Georgia is actually using this as a like big proponent to explain why you should follow the move over law. And, you know, no doubt. Uh, also, if you can't move over, slow your speed and don't go up the tow truck like it's a ramp. Dude, she went so high. Dude, that Bro, was, that was, looked like the Dukes of Hazard. That was like straight out of Dukes of Hazard and the Fast and the Furious movies where you think you can like go off a tow truck. like the fucking General Lee just fucking shooting over a fucking shooting the gap between like a ravine getting away from Boss Hog. I will say that's amazing body cam footage and just that officer who got that on camera and then went to the crash car uh, hero. 
Well, I mean, it was a pretty bad, like some, another officer got hit by like debris. They were all minor injuries, but then they were interviewing the woman and she's like, I feel like I'm being blamed for everything. Like, I feel like both parties are responsible. And I'm like reading this quote and I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah. You just missed that big tow truck. What state there. was this in? Georgia. Georgia. I can't even say. Well, I don't know. That was, that is a blue state now. It's purple. Yeah. <laughs> it's purple. But uh, she was, I guess, like cited for some significant traffic violations and <laughs> well deserved. You don't say. <laughs> and uh, they actually, she was hurt pretty bad. Like for a while, they thought like she might not. It was like fifty fifty if she would make it. So hopefully, she learned her lesson to drive an appropriate speed when there are emergency vehicles on the roadway. Yeah, look out, look out, guys. Just look out on the road. Look what's in front of you. No texting and driving, and don't fucking use the tow truck as a ramp. Is first off as that, fun as that looks. That that's a, actually I take it back. That didn't look that fun. That, that looks suspension horrible. just fucking blew up. Boom. As John Madden would say, R.I.P. Uh, good stories today for Patrol God Wild guys. Uh, which is going to lead us to our last segment of the show before we do our cigar rating. News with Caleb. All right, up first, we have AVO is collaborating with DJ D-Nice for Expressions 2024. So you guys may know uh, hip-hop DJ DJ D-Nice from uh, the Ellen DeGeneres show. Um, They are doing an Expressions line with AVO, and he is going to be the face of it. So it's going to be limited to uh, 2,500 boxes of 15 cigars. Going to release in uh, Q2 of 2024. Uh, look like it's gonna be uh, with a little pair up with uh, Davidoff of Geneva of USA. I think AVO and them work together, so gonna be putting that out there. So if you guys are fans of hip hop and uh, cigars, there's something to be on the lookout for. For sure, for sure. Uh, I don't really know a lot about uh, DJ D Nice, but uh, AVO does make some really good cigars. So I should smoke some more of them. I don't think I've smoked maybe uh, one. I think I've had. I think they we, we met them at PCA. No, they we, gave us some good stuff. We and, definitely did. Yeah. 100%. I smoked a few of them. Yeah, they gave us a good amount. Yeah. So we'll have to check into those, see what they got going on. I've heard nothing but good things. Well, maybe we can get a hand on one of those expressions in uh, Q2 of 2024. Ooh. But uh, up next, we have a house resolution introduced to exempt premium cigars from FDA regulation. So... Uh, this is a ruling from the Cigar Rights of America, and they want to successfully, uh, they did successfully sue the uh, US FDA on uh, House Resolution 99, which would defi- set a clear definition of premium cigars and what they are as a tobacco product. So they want to qualify what it means to be a premium cigar. So this is going to set aside all those requirements to maybe make things different for that younger generation. So it has to be wrapped in a tobacco leaf. It has to contain 100% leaf tobacco binder, contain at least 50% uh, filler by weight of long filler tobacco. It has to be a handmade rolled product. Uh, no filler uh, non, no filler with a non-tobacco tip. So with a non-tobacco mouth, mouthpiece, so wooden mouthpiece, plastic mouthpiece. Uh, no character, No characteristics that give away to the flavor other than tobacco and it can contain only tobacco water and or vegetable gum so no other ingredients or additives and it cannot weigh more than six pounds per a thousand units 
Uh, this is a team of five Democrats and five Republicans that want to go through with this bill. So hopefully this is a good thing for Cigar Rights of America and for all you guys that smoke premium cigars. going to set the definition, and it's going to maybe help stop some of those bans on cigars that are upcoming in 2024 that a lot of different legislators are proposing so this could be big news good news for the cigar industry 100 percent uh we like to see stuff like this uh this definitely makes and stops bills from being introduced into different states uh that could potentially ban or set generational bans and 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 this is the kind of stuff you want to see you want to see these groups coming together and try and uh introduce legislation to stop stuff like this uh, and nice to see a team of five Democrats and five Republicans working on this as opposed to one side versus the other side. So you got a team of five and five on both sides, which is nice to see some groups working together to, you know, for the good of the tobacco industry. What do you think, G? Yeah, man, <clears throat> this is the stuff we need. Like, as far as it goes, like, we need the proper classifications to not have a cigar viewed the same as a cigarette. It's, it's not, we're not even close. And I agree wrapped in a tobacco product. You're eliminating, you know, the black and mild wood tip comparison, which is crazy that, you know, those can even be considered a cigar. Cause they're not. I think my father-in-law might disagree <laughs> with you a little bit. G. Well, you know, we almost smoked those <laughs> on the show. <laughs> huh. Black and Milds are not cigars. Sorry to my father-in-law. <laughs> All right. Well, this will bring us to our last story of the day. We have Whiskey Advocate. They uh, have released their top 20 whiskeys of 2023. And recently, within the last couple of days, they named their top three. So we have at number three, we have Westland Garana, number eight. And I believe this is a scotch. So it is... You know, $150. Oh, no, it's an American single malt out of Washington. It is $150. It's 50, uh, 50 proof. Oh, it's Westland. We had this at uh, Whiskey Riot. We the, did. Yeah. I think we drank this exact thing. Wow, that was number three with a score of 94. All right. I didn't even realize what we tasted then at the time. So we were... We got drunk. <laughs> we got drunk that day. The, the, <laughs> the, uh, the tipsy elf was out. <laughs> tipsy elf. Yeah, we did get drunk that day. So at number two, we have Highland Park Cash Strength, batch four. Got an overall score of 95. This is a Scotch single malt at a uh, 128.6 proof. So this got number two. I believe we talked about this bottle very early on uh, once we first linked up with Cigar Hustler. It was like an expensive, you know, bottle to be on the lookout for at $100. Oh, hold on. I went back too far. So I, you know, and then number one, with an overall score of ninety-five, we have. Oh man, I'm gonna have to Glenn say Glassaw. Glenn Glassaw, Sendin. Sadden. Sendin. Sandin. So this is another single malt, single malt scotch at about uh, only about seventy dollars. So very reasonable for your scotch drinkers out there, and it is about a hundred one proof. So might have to do that on the show, despite my uh, dislike for a lot of scotches. I think we should probably give it its due, right? Hey, for $70, if we can find it, um, I've never heard of this brand, but it got number one from Whiskey Advocate. So if we can find it, I think it's worth a try. Got to try number one. 100%. So that is back-to-back weeks with uh, stories 
of top whiskey, uh, top whiskeys in the industry, whether they're American or scotches included. So if you guys are interested in, you know, some top 10, top 100, top 20 list, these are some things that you should be searching, looking up, and maybe seeing if you get your hands on these. Perfect. Uh, that being said, Caleb, uh, it's about that time. Let's get into that cigar review, bud. All right. So we did the Foundation Cigars Night Commander. Um, given this an appearance with the box, with everything, the band was amazing. The colors, the little crown on it, the cross. Uh, it's getting a 10 for me. This was stellar appearance. Uh, burn, 9. Burned good all the way through. Didn't relight it once. Just lit it, lit it one time. It stayed lit the whole time. Construction, giving it a nine, ash when I wanted to. Uh, didn't always just ash with the tap. You had to really put that thing down pretty hard for it to ash. Uh, with the shape of the cigar, I went with the V-cut because it's like that torpedo shape. Uh, V-cut worked very well for me. It fit my mouth. Uh, gave it a nine. And uh, okay. <laughs> enjoyment, I gave this a nine and a half. We smoked this with the creator himself, Nick. Uh, gives me an overall score of 46 and a half, which is a 93 um i had this amazing chocolate smell when we first got the cigar from jerry uh it just smelled great right out, out of the box when you open it, it smelled great pre-light um and then on the cold draw got this nice chocolatey sweet taste you know on the cold draw and then smoking it chocolate and very light pepper but overall very nice smoke the whole way through 93 taking it down to the nub amazing stick just like the senator so this is really funny. Uh, Night Commander, Tabernacle, uh, Sir Nick Malillo himself. <laughs> that's a that's a crazy story, man. <laughs> one of Cigara- the one of the best cigar stories we've ever had on the show. Listen, really crazy story. Yo, all right. So like, is, is he like the White Knight of Ethiopia? Like, <laughs> <laughs> he, he might be. He might be. I was just like thinking about that, and I'm like, <laughs> all right, okay. But uh, it almost gives you like uh, coming to America vibes, <laughs> coming to Ethiopia. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, but, he, but he he reversed it. But uh, yeah, the appearance I gave a nine point five. Uh, Caleb touched on the box and you know the the band on the cigar, the star, the Ethiopian star. That's super cool. Very detailed. Uh, I don't expect anything less out of Foundation. They always seem to to bring the heat when it comes to presentation. So. Uh, bringing me to my burn, I gave this a nine. Um, no issues at all. Uh, I did V cut mine, as Caleb said. It's very similar. This is a very similar uh, review to Caleb's. Uh, construction nine point five. I didn't like this thing one time. Oh, that actually kind of touches on the burn a little bit, but I didn't really like this one time. I didn't even touch this up. Uh, the draw, I gave it a nine. This thing, I mean, it's just burning flawlessly uh and obviously having nick on the show with us to talk about it and go over foundation we talked about joe rogan we talked about everything foundation you could ever want to talk about what a great conversation bringing me to a 9.5 46.593 overall same exact score as caleb uh that being said i did want to touch on some notes caleb mentioned the sweet chocolate i also got that uh and you touched on the light pepper I'm still getting a little pepper on this, even in the coming to the end of the second third. Uh, there is definitely some pepper on the retro hail, so just know there's a little kick to it, but flawlessly designed. I really like the Vitola on this cigar. It's like a Figurato. Uh, really, really cool, man. Nick, keep doing what you're doing over there, man. This is a fantastic cigar. 
Geo, how'd you do, bud? I'm just tallying mine up. Give me one second, boys. Dude, this cigar reminded me so much of that Sentinger. Like, not only the shape, but just the whole experience, smoking it all the way through. What uh, was it like, though, for you to actually smoke it with the man who created it? Oh, yeah. It's Sir just, Nick Melillo. It just, it was so much better smoking yeah. it and talking with him. This guy has been around the industry for almost 20 years now. Well, 10-year anniversary coming up in 20, uh, 2025 for him and Foundation. So uh, I'm sure they're working on something special. Oh, yeah. It's in the works. I guarantee it. All right, boys. I just finished up my final tally. I had to shoot a quick email to the man himself there. But the Tabernacle Night Commander by Foundation. Appearance. I think this alone gets it a 10 here. This box, you know, look at that. Jerry, I think you might be one of the few people with a box. I'm one of 700, apparently. Yeah, right. Well, you know. What else is new? The... We only drink the finest and smoke the finest on this goddamn show. Well, this was an expensive episode. I mean, no Jim, no Jim Beam today. <laughs> First James. of all, it's James Beam. <laughs> James B Beam. Yeah, like, gotta say, definitely a. Uh, he put a lot into it. You could tell it was a very passion project for him. Guy spares no details. Learning all the stuff that went into like the high clear. Like I didn't know that. Like they, he worked with an Egyptologist to put accurate hieroglyphs on the fucking thing like that's next level attention to detail like i'm sorry if you can't fucking put if you put that much work into it you earned your 10 and that's even another project but the night commander box it just looks awesome burn i'm right there with you jerry i touched it up a couple times but i didn't I, touch mine up at one not one no time. i know what i'm saying i'm my burn score is gonna be high Oh, I'm on a curve with that. Remember? Okay. So yeah, you, yeah, you get a little distracted. <laughs> yeah. My burn, I gave this a nine. Fantastic fucking cigar. Like I've just literally would touch it up and listen to the man give us all his world travel life. And you know, Caleb got a new name out of this episode. I can't wait. You know, <laughs> that is 100 percent getting clipped. Yes. <laughs> That was great. <laughs> Call him Little Elf. <laughs> <laughs> Getting into <laughs> why is that so funny? He's the I only thought about it. it. I don't mean to cut your review off, but I was thinking about it during after he said it, and there was a point in the show where I started laughing to myself. <laughs> You know what the best part about all this? I think he's the first guest that like we Caleb has always put some goofy ass shit as his name in the chats. You guys can't really see any of this stuff because we only use the guest footage. But Caleb put some goofy ass shit. He's the only one that's ever acknowledged it. I think besides Matt. <laughs> so then to get into the next part of my review, construction. Uh first off. There wouldn't be a foundation product if the highest amount of quality control didn't go into it. This is the second week in a row that I've somehow had the misfortune of dropping my cigar and not even a miss a beat there. Granted, it only fell off the ashtray, so it doesn't really, you know, it ain't like it fell four feet or anything. But I gave this a 9.5 for construction. I don't think there's anything that could make this cigar better in terms of that. I don't know. You guys think of anything? Because this thing is fucking awesome. Dude, I, I I just, what the fuck did I score? 46.5? Yeah. 93? Oh, don't worry. My, my review is still going here. So <laughs> there might be a higher rating here. Draw, I V cut this as well. 
Gave it a 9.5 on the draw. I got to actually enjoy this cigar and not even think about it. And that's what a cigar is supposed to be. Like, I'm smoking and being able to engage in conversation where it's like, I'm almost forgetting that I'm just smoking the cigar. Like, it is exactly what you can want to have happen when you're doing that. Like, just focus on the task at hand and this is just a little extra kick. People don't realize how much the three of us actually have to go through to do this show. Like, during the show. Yeah. Like, this isn't a normal conversation. Yeah. You know, like, this isn't like sitting at the at the cigar shop at your brick and mortar, just like lighting, touching things up, having a conversation. We have a lot that goes into this show, so. And Jerry's clicking 50 fucking buttons in the background. I mean, if something goes wrong or something needs to be sent, like, we're like, oh, all right, hey, on the fly. Hey, cut to Caleb really quickly. <laughs> yep. And we communicate well amongst the three of us. Yeah. So my draw, I gave it a 9.5 for that. Enjoyment, I gave it a 10. High score alert. And High score I'll alert. get that actual total for you in a minute, but enjoyed great conversation with Nick. Laugh. We got to talk about some PCA fun. Got to talk about everything from, you know, in-depth blending. Like, he's one of the guys in the industry that knows literally everything about tobacco. Like, talking about how seeds cross-pollinated from a fucking hundred years ago like the dude is a historian of tobacco and one of the best blenders and humble guy he like didn't even like being called a master blender but and he's got that you know what did you think about him outside of pca compared to how we we talked and communicated today PCA, I thought he was going to be a little bit more high-stressed. Like, you could just tell that that show took a lot out of him. I mean, granted, the dude got fucking gout during the show, so gets a little bit of a pass. But, I mean, you could see when he's more in his element how much more comfortable he is. Laid-back dude and not afraid to talk about anything, laugh, joke around. Same thing with pretty much majority of people we've encountered in this industry. Like, you take your time to listen, you can learn a lot from the guy. 100%. And, you know... The dude comes from a royal line of tobacco. So what was your total? So the total here is a 48, giving me a 96 overall. Holy shit, dude. That's going to throw a kink in the fucking rating, huh? 96. That's the highest score for Geo, I think, ever. All right. Uh, I think the only one that might have been that high. Opus Shark. Yeah, it's up there. that That was around a 96, too. All right. Overall score from the fellas, 94. Holy shit. Boom. Wow, that's up there with the anarchy, man. That's saying a lot. Jesus. Yeah, that's that's saying a lot. That's uh, that's awesome. Kidding. And for Geo, a 96? Wow. It's very rare I'm the highest rating. Yeah. <laughs> hey, yeah usually you're stubborn about things. What's to be fucking stubborn on? It's a great fucking cigar. I know. Like, listen, when it's good, it's good. I'm not a fucking hater. Like, I feel like the way you should review these products is not looking for things to be wrong, but if you encounter it, you talk about it. Like, it's a good way to talk. I don't, it's a good way to think about it. I don't it. think there was one thing wrong with a cigar at all. Right. Like, it it was a fantastic cigar. The only thing I guess I could somewhat complain about it is it only comes out once a year. <laughs> <laughs> that being said, Caleb, closing notes of the episode, my brother. Guys, as always, just make sure you are following on the Facebook, the Instagram, the TikTok. Most importantly on the YouTube, the subscribers are going up. We need that because then we can do more giveaways and stuff like we're doing right now. So pay attention to the Instagram. Do what you got to do for the giveaway. You're not going to want to miss this one. 
Uh, two good ones, actually, for you. So, you know, pay attention to the Instagram. If you don't have Instagram, pay attention to the Facebook. We'll get you in on that drawing as well. We were talking about that. Like, guys, things are changing here, man. The grower gang, as Caleb says. We're growers. We're growing, dude. Yeah. Uh, make sure you guys are getting into the giveaway because, uh, like we touched on, we didn't just decide to give away one thing. There's going to be two winners for this one. Yeah. So you just doubled your chances. So All you got to do, tag two people on the Instagram or Facebook. Make sure you're make following sure, us and subscribe. And, and subscribe. It's, it's so easy. It literally is so easy. And come on, who doesn't want that fucking sexy-ass Bill's hat with crown heads? Or I'm sorry, down to her hat. It's not a Bill's official product. It's, <laughs> you can't say that, dude. Yeah, yeah. Or who It's do- a crown heads hat with the down to her logo on it. <laughs> yeah. Or who doesn't want that sack- soccer squash, you know? Get on it. Yeah. Who doesn't want five cigars in a down to her t shirt? Right. Who? We're, we're what are blo- you, a fucking owl? We're, blo- <laughs> we're, blo- we're blowing up. You know, get in on the grower gang. But yeah, uh, Caleb touched on <laughs> everything. Sorry. And uh, if you're listening to us audio only, make sure you're checking us out on a Cigar Hustler Podcast Network, the number one cigar network on Podbean. Um, aside from that, Geo? Yeah, I mean, a couple closing notes. Make sure you're messaging Caleb on DM to get your favorite weed strand from New Jersey. Uh, also, guys, smoke them if you got them. Have a great holiday. Can't wait to see you guys next week. You really do look like a disgusting weed dealer from New Jersey. <laughs> hey, if you need a sack, I got you. <laughs>